All right, boys and girls, it's Friday, and we're at Tinley Park Convention Center, Tinley Park, uh, Illinois, at the Health Freedom Expo, about to begin right now. The Trinity Live event is happening for Trinity students and graduates, and the next couple of hours we'll be broadcasting from, uh, I guess, where registration will happen. So we may have some surprise guests. We might not. I don't know. But I know in hour two, we are scheduled to be joined by my good friend, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, if I stay awake, I got in at like three in the morning. Uh, everything was delayed. But uh, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. And I'm uh, grateful that y'all are joining me on the air, if you can call it that, or on the Internet, wherever you are. Please do share the show. Tell your friends. This is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty. And we'll kick it into gear right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, the first casualty in any war is the truth. And that is, uh, you know, something that's always unfolding and evolving is this week has been an intense one since all of the uh, uh, the explosion, so to speak, in the Middle East, Israel, uh, Gaza and such have, uh, you know, caused us to to uh, you know, reflect and hopefully appreciate the lives that we do have still wherever you are, particularly in America. We've been somewhat sheltered from it being on this North American continent, far from an easy invasion. Uh, yet if, uh, if, if you've never lived or visited Israel to see that it's a narrow sliver of land surrounded by those that have sworn to eliminate it, it's a very different way to live on planet earth. And it's, kind of very easy for some to say, well, they don't deserve anything and they deserve what's coming to them. And, and and as I open the show today on a serious, again, somber, a bit somber note, we've got a lot to do here. I'm at the Health Freedom Expo uh, kicking it into gear and there's going to be a lot of great things happening. But uh, just want to acknowledge the, the, the evolving, or, or, let's say, acknowledgement of, you know, what do we learn is false? What do we learn is actually happening? What is, you know, somewhere in between the two? Uh, and if I look at... Um, the things our government in America has done, the United States government, are we to be held to account for things that Donald Rumsfeld did, for instance? You know, I, I ask this question because I look at uh, a guy like Netanyahu in Israel, who we've not been a fan of for a long time based on particularly what he did with selling out the people of Israel to Pfizer and much less the treatment of uh, his own his own people, so to speak, uh, at that time, uh, that we have nothing clean, neat and easy. And when I opened on Tuesday, our first live show of the week, I said, there are no clean hands in this. It doesn't mean that I am not human and have particular biases based on having family in Israel and, and people that I know, you know, within that realm and have lived and, and, and uh, gone through a lot, much less my mother being born there when it was Palestine became Israel. And, and I keep coming back to something that I think is so very important that before the globalists got involved and that's maybe go back a long way. The people that lived in that region of the world on planet earth, for the most part found ways to get along. I'm not saying it was always peaceful because we know that that wars have been going on for millennia, but in, in a sense on an everyday live your life kind of scenario, 
you live among people that may have a wide variety of beliefs, some very divergent to your own beliefs. Yet do you go through your day with a thought from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed? How can I eliminate those people that I disagree with? That you have may, may have been taught to hate so much that you're willing to uh, engage in violent acts, heinous acts of murder or other things. And, you know, that's something that many in America may not have ever experienced or in many parts of the West where, you know, you have people that you disagree with and disagree with you, but you don't think about, I'm going to go up and see how I can eradicate them, kill them, whatever. And, and, and so it's a, a very distinct and different way to live on this planet that most of us have not ever experienced. Maybe we've read about it. So I go back to my mother's uh, childhood in in what was then Palestine and then and then became Israel. Uh, at least they call it, the, the, you know, again, there's controversy on it. anything I say is going to trigger somebody to go, oh, my gosh, you're not with me or against me or and on and on. And I'm asking people to go deeper into the, the human sp spirit, the, the reality that we are spiritual beings having human experiences on this planet uh, that, you know, you'd go to the market. It might be an Arab, might be a Christian, might be a Jew, might be a Muslim. You go to the coffee shop, you interacted, you found a way to get along, engage in commerce. And in that, uh, it didn't require a third party intervener. It didn't require a government or a global government to come in and try to go, you guys should be peaceful with other. Because when you're on the ground at the localist of local level, it is in your best interest and the best interest of someone who you might not agree with to find a way to get along, even if you don't agree. And I know that's asking a lot, you know, I guess in, in some cases, because we have now generations that have been programmed and bred to believe in, you know, the eradication of, for instance, Jewish people, or there may be people in Israel that believe in the eradication of, uh, I don't know, fill in the blank. But when it comes to the things like uh, Hamas and Hezbollah that have become profoundly uh, anti-human, you go back into the history of how these organizations even were developed. And, you know, we'll play a clip later in the second hour from Ron Paul talking about the origin of Ham Hamas, how it was, you know, kind of an offshoot of something that Israel and America had a part in to kind of counteract the impact of Yasser Arafat. You know, it's, again, the journeys are never clean and, and like black and white. There's always varying shades of gray in what has gone on over there. Uh, and, and even, um, the the claims initially of the babies that were beheaded, you know, you're now getting reports that said, well, that was not an actual fact. It was a statement made by, you know, one of the Israeli defense forces or whatever that was not validated that may have not, in fact, been accurate. And then you see another post uh, from the Jerusalem Post, in fact, I think that says, no, we actually have. Here, here's the here's the thing. And, and Celia Farber put this up on her Substack. CNN retracts Hamas beheading babies claim and apologizes. Sarah Sidner says it came from the Israeli PM's office and was originally confirmed, but later disintegrated into cannot confirm. And then you go, OK, well, maybe that didn't happen. And then you have another article uh, from a uh, somewhat mainstream newspaper in Israel. Photos of babies being burnt, decapitated is now confirmed. And. and uh, regardless, as I've said, of, of the the details, there have been children and babies and women targeted and killed. There are kidnapped victims that are still there, Americans who are kidnapped. I've spoken to some of these people who have family members that are still missing or are kidnapped. 
Others have been killed. So there are some things that are not deniable per se, but when you get into some of the, the detailed the nuances of uh, uh, the proclamations of the worst atrocities, you got to step back and take it a bit with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it doesn't discount the right of a people to defend itself from people who have sworn to eradicate them, to you know wipe them from the face of the earth. Now, is this a pro-Israel, anti-Palestinian argument or pro-Palestinian? I mean, anything I say could be interpreted or misinterpreted to mean anything you want it to mean, because there's so much passion and, and anger and angst and fear on, on every side of this thing. I mean, we could go back again to uh, our own country, those of you in the United States, and say, all right, should we be held to account for, as I said, what Donald Rumsfeld did? or any neocon right now in the Democrat Party and their um, uh, penchant for funding uh, perpetual war right in the Ukraine that was drying up and then suddenly the powder keg in the, in the Middle East happened. And then the question becomes, how is it possible the so-called Iron Dome of Israel failed or did it? And I'll bring back in the United States our 9-11, which was 9-11, that, that clearly was not what they said it was in the 9-11 commission report is anybody under the illusion that 9-11 commission report was accurate in any way and i've mentioned even going back to you know before our entry into world war ii as americans the united states uh the uh, letting down of the guard in hawaii at pearl harbor that there was enough telegraphing that they said oh, let it happen because the american people don't want to enter a war after world war one and the only way we can do it is we have a now it's called a pearl harbor event or if you go into Germany, the Reichstag fire, how many wars have been started based on, uh, if not outright false flags, there are things that occur that you were telegraphed and you didn't stop because you knew that it would be to your benefit if you were, like, say, uh, part of the military industrial complex. You would say, well, no, it would be better for us if this happens because then we can engage militarily. We will profit from it. Is that a cynical perspective? No, I think that's a, a realistic perspective, the history of wars. And others have said, I, I apologize, I don't remember all the names of the people like Michael Bolden does when you get a quotes and things. Occasionally, I remember Thomas Jefferson said this and Ben Franklin said that. But who said uh, all wars are bankers wars? What are we dealing with with the destruction of the monetary system in the United States based on the Federal Reserve, which is tied into the uh, World Bank and, and International Monetary Fund? We've got a system that is is designed to fail. Ultimately, cannot you know sustain itself because it's unsustainable. It, it defies the laws, if you want to call it, of gravity, but uh, other economic laws. And you see the destruction of the Federal Reserve note dollar. And what what were they going to do about it? How do they distract us from that? Well, war is one of the greatest mechanisms by which you can distract people from their own problems or things that people are seeing are going to happen or impending. So, what can we do here moving forward? That's a, you know, that's a big question because the entire history of the planet is fraught with what? War, fear, anger, hatred, lust, all of the, uh, you know, the, the five passions of the mind that lead us down roads that are not of God, per se. At the same time, I acknowledge all the confusion and uh, disparate opinions and perspectives on these things. The right of the people to defend themselves, their life, liberty and property I say shall not be infringed. Uh, and I know that Israel has a democratic government, but it's nothing like the United States government in reality, where we have a declaration of independence that acknowledges a right or rights that come from God, not government. No other country on the planet has that. And we have departed from it for a long time. 
when we subjugate ourselves to a formerly servant government by numbering our children like cattle into a Federal Reserve IMF World Bank system, which they want to fully perpetuate. And, you know, the, the playing it out through Israel and the uh, uh, various uh, different things, uh, you know, creating enemies where maybe they disagreed, but they weren't going every day thinking about waking up to kill everybody or eliminate people. So these are things to consider. Um, you know, as we look at um, people have said Netanyahu let it happen. Well, whether it's him or somebody else, it's like 9-11 or Pearl Harbor or other events. There are those in control or in charge that have sway and influence that do allow horrible things to happen to their quote unquote own people. And if you if you know, Netanyahu is not in great favor among the people of Israel for a lot of people. And it's like an event like this goes, all right, well, you're the leader we got. And now we got to rally around the flag and whatever else to go after the enemy. And then the response, uh, you know, to Hamas uh, in taking them out, which you could argue is very needed and appropriate based on where that organization has ended up, even if it was formed by Israel and America at one point. And what it's become now is, a, uh, you know, a tool to do to accomplish something else. It doesn't diminish the fact that the people of Israel are, uh, you know, at risk of at any moment uh, being eliminated from the earth if they did not prepare and be ready. At the same time, many people in the Middle East realize that being at war is not good either. We've seen peace efforts, you know, or, or accords being made with Egypt. And I remember um, at the time, uh, well, I don't want to go back all into the history, but I just, I just, as I'm sharing these things with you, it's a recognition that I've got people, you, you know who you are. Everybody's got different perspectives on this. And uh, you know, is there one right and one wrong answer, or is it, my gosh, this is a complicated scenario that's been going on for millennia or thousands of years or hundred years or dozens of years, decades now, or it's just now, it just happened out of the blue. Uh, so all of these things I consider and take into account, although the emotions are real, but I feel due to having, uh, you know, family and, and, and friends there as well. And of course, uh, there is a cultural divide. You know, those of us who believe in religious liberty, religious freedom, those who believe in the rights of, uh, of women or uh, the rights of anybody who might live, quote unquote, an alternative lifestyle. You know, we might not want to engage in certain behaviors or activities, but if adults do that, you know, in their own, you know, of their own accord, do we sentence them to death in America or are they sentenced to death in Israel? You know, to be openly gay in, in uh, you know, in certain regions of the world, including many of the Middle Eastern countries that are not Israel, could, uh, you know, result in imprisonment and death. Th that's a cultural divide that has to be acknowledged as well, even if you have sympathies for people uh, that are, you know, in a rough, in rough shape, you know, living in squalor or now without electricity, etc. So there's no easy way to give a uh, definitive, everybody's right on this side, everybody's wrong on this side. And I, you know, I don't know, Super Don, you know, you can come in here and acknowledge, I think, as we've talked about behind the scenes as well, is what I'm trying to relate here. This is not anything but fraught with even danger to discuss, even though there are certain <laughs> things I could say, yeah, are pretty cut yeah. and dry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very complicated. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was saying the other day when we were talking about this, that, you know, I really have not spent a lot of time going in detail uh, over the history mm -hmm. of the situation, I I know what I've I've read thus far, and there's you know 
everybody's got a claim for for the area that that this is all taking place in. Yeah. Um. And uh, I can't even begin to try and and pretend like I ha- I know what the answer is to this. Mm-hmm. I you know I I just hope that once this is over with, hopefully it's soon. I don't know. There's there's conflicting theories on this whole thing because yeah. Uh, they're about to go in and actually I've got a couple of stories, just some of the more recent stuff here that has come up. Uh, here's a headline out of Fox. Israeli forces entered Gaza for localized raids. IDF is telling Fox News. So they haven't they haven't done the full offensive yet mm-hmm. into the Gaza, but apparently I guess they're starting with these yeah. these these localized things. But that's that's imminent. Yeah. Um, and then this one here, I haven't had a chance to to chat with our fr- our friend Kevin mm-hmm. yet uh, this morning, but he lives in northern Israel, mm-hmm. and apparently things are starting to become more active closer to the the north now. Mm-hmm. So you know, and there's so many questions as to you know how long this is going to last, who's going to get involved, how far this is going to spread, is this going to you know uh, turn into something that's going to engulf the entire Middle East. You know, uh, and I think in the second hour with uh, uh, Bolden, Michael we Bolden, may yeah. talk a little bit more about maybe some things we need to be concerned about here yep. in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, all I can say is that I hope that this uh, this phase of it ends quickly, yeah, as quickly as possible. And then once it does, um, let's find a solution to this. Yeah. And I well, know that's we, very simplistic. I mean, it's just, you know. Well, I'd say get the globalist out of everything and allow people to figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, well, that was yeah. that was a lot of Ron Paul's perspective. It's like you, you're mucking it about by, you know, giving money here, giving money there. It's like. Uh, you know, the thing about it, that was one of the things I loved about Ron Paul. And mm-hmm. it, at the same time, it was very frustrating with Ron sure. Paul. Because um, it's, it's easy to get caught up in what you think you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what it is that you've been told or you've read or something like that. Ron Paul had a great talent at peeling back layers <laughs> and, and going to the origin of things. Right. Um, that yeah. nobody else talks about mm-hmm. it's to, to this day. You still don't see people come out and be as brutally honest as he is uh, at things. Well, the thing is, I mean, you could say uh, I have compassion for the people in the, um, the Gaza Strip. And they're like, you know, oh, that means you sympathize with terrorists. Or you say on the other side, I have, I have uh, empathized with the people of Israel. Oh, you hate, you know, other people. You want them to die. It's like uh, all rational discourse well, is, is kind of eliminated. And again, the fog of war as we talk about, what, you know, what that casualty is, the truth. Sure, sure. But how about how about this? You get a Ron Paul who comes around. He says, uh, by the way, did you know that we were responsible in part for creating Hamas? Right, correct. And yeah, you, and I mentioned you, that. What? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I had, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. Or if I had, I guess I just forgotten about it. But yeah, you know. And so he he was brilliant at, at going back and going. Hey, guess what? We are the ones that are responsible, at, you know, for the creation of all of these things that now decades later. Uh, people yeah. are looking at it like it's a brand new problem, and they're pointing the finger at the wrong people. Well, let's look back uh, to I was at the 1950s in Iran, um, di- displacing the. Uh, so I again I I'm not going into the details of it, but you know putting the Shah of Iran in place, and then the blowback happened in what was it the yeah. 1970s to 1980 
that brought about, you know, the, the stuff from Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan. And it's like these things, you know, matter in terms of learning history. So I don't, you know, dismiss that, but also look at the, the, the nature of humanity. As I said, I try to come back to that local of local options. If you were not messed with like the black ants and the red ants put in a jar that seemed to just do fine in the same jar until you shake them up violently. And then suddenly they're now on the war path and attacking one another. Mm-hmm. There's so much manipulation. And, and how do we, how do we fall prey to that manipulation? We have an external focus only, you know, that looks outward and not inwardly. Or, you know, as I said, the connection to the divine, I come back to my, you know, my favorite discussion, which we talk about the spiritual realities of our existence that are often crowded out by horrific events that go, oh, we can't be spiritual now because look what's happening. It's war. Uh, And that's not to say that we cannot and and should not take up arms when need be. And I think that's another thing uh, for those on the left here in America that keep arguing you shouldn't have weapons of war. I'm like, well, what happens if, you know, maybe just posit this for a moment, Super Don, somebody might like a president get in and open the borders wide and let anybody come in. And you mean like wider, wider than it is already? (laughs) Oh, wait. No, you're right. It's already happening. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah. So that you let these people in of, you know, who knows what intent. And then you get a jihad call or something like this. And and thank God, as far as I know, nothing's happened today as we're live on Friday. A lot, of, pro, a lot of protesting. Protests I guess happening. there's a big protest uh, going Knock on. Knock them out. Peaceful protest all you want. Yeah. Times Square right now. Peaceful protest all you want. Um, we'll, we'll support your right of protest. The, you know, the the, the Second Amendment mention this again, the right to keep and bear arms. It's not to hunt. It's not for hunting purposes. It's to protect your individual life. Like, um, like in Israel, what happened, um, however it happened, like I said, let's put that aside for a moment. Said it happened. And then you have these people at a rave, these young people enjoying life and dancing and singing and doing whatever they're doing. And suddenly these people descend from the sky with, you know, various, uh, machine guns or whatever it was shooting people, picking them off. What if every Israeli there, had the right to keep and bear arms and was armed and knows how to use it. They know how to use firearms, but apparently the Israeli government limits your ability to have X number of bullets, we heard, much less you can't carry it anywhere. Well, that means you were a vulnerable sitting duck until the police or military arrived, which did not arrive in time to save hundreds, if not thousands of lives at this point. And so the point here I'm making for those of you in the United States of America that have questions about the type of firearms or the magazine size or the amount of bullets you should have, those that do stockpile and are ready, they don't want to go out and wantonly kill people. But they're saying, hey, what if the history of the world is rife with those what ifs actually happening? And so do you wait for the police or the military? No, the rightful place is to defend your life, liberty and property locally. And that's why attempts to diminish your right to keep and bear arms are basically attempts to disarm you, to keep you from protecting yourself, your family, your community in such circumstances that are untenable. You don't want to think about them, but these are the things we should all be thinking about with what just happened in Israel and, and, and could happen here based on who's coming in. We don't know. Uh, that's what and, I'm, you know, that's probably yeah. the one thing that I'm the most concerned about mm-hmm. you know, out of all the news stories and stuff that are going on is that leading up to this, you mm-hmm. know, the border has been a, a hot topic. Right. That we've discussed uh, in some detail. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the what's going on, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, thousands and thousands of people that are just crossing over the border that 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 we know of the ones we and then there's the ones that we don't know of. 
but people are, are just crossing the border and they're just taking off. They're they're yeah. what do they what do they call them the the, the getaways. Yes. Uh, and I think it was, I think was it yesterday that I was mentioning the statistic mm-hmm. that they were saying that you know in the last month they've they've uh, apprehended 154 people on the terror watch list, mm-hmm. uh, which is more in the last month than the last six months combined, you know, or year combined. Yeah. So it's like, do you look at that and go, that's a coincidence? Mm-hmm. Well, you could, but it's an awful weird one statistically, right? Mm-hmm. And then this morning, it was, I think it was this morning, they were talking about how they they, uh, they stopped two Lebanese guys that were, were coming across the border and stuff. Yeah. Now, yeah. is it just a coincidence? Would these guys have, from Lebanon, would have, they have been trying to cross uh, anyway yeah. on that day? Maybe. But how do you look at those things now sure. with what's going on and not and not profile those people differently. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So, as I said, this is a difficult time uh, to communicate something that I'd love, you know, I, I, if I pride myself on it, I don't like saying it that way, but I like to be clear. I love what uh, we learned, was it yesterday, with uh, Ismail uh, Perez about, was it him or somebody else was talking? No, it was, ar- yeah, original arguments to make clear. Who was it that, that brought that up this week? Um, we were talking about word origin and definition. Maybe that was the guy. No, no, no. It was the guy. Um, uh, oh, yeah. You're talking about the king. Yes. That you, yes. you came up with that. That was fascinating <laughs> uh, because, you know, word origin, etymology. I love that yeah. stuff. And we yeah. talk about argument. Argument is to make clear. Uh, it's not a negative scenario. And, I, and I've always said this. It's like, you know, two old Jewish guys arguing. It's like try and get clarity. And, and yet they, they, they are arm in arm at the end of the argument, even if they, they go a disagreement. Uh, and I, I would say it could be a Jewish person and a, a Muslim could do that, a Christian, a Jew, and all that. I mean, th- these things are possible because we have autonomy and agency. The question is, why do we choose to not just, uh, let's say, disagree, but take that disagreement into a violent place? Now, uh, in defense of life, liberty, and property, I get it. You know, if somebody is sworn to kill you, their entire reason for being is to kill you. It's very hard to argue that you can just try to negotiate with them and be nice to them. That's, you know, naive is an understatement at that point. Now you risk, you know, in- inevitability if that's their whole express intent purposes. And I'm not saying, hey, you know, you can't pray, you can't do things, but, you know, do so with the vigilance to be prepared to defend yourself in such circumstances because you're going into the so-called lion's den and a lion is going to lion, for instance, whatever that might be. Uh, so please don't misconstrue my discussion of uh, the willingness to defend life and to take up arms as meaning I'm a warmonger and I hate peace, right? That's not it. But it's difficult when you see these things, when you hear these things, not to be human and go, I want to eradicate that. I just, I have also recognize those things within me that I can feel bubble up to the surface. How do we, you know, as you point out, Subhanahu, when you look back and assess it, oh, how do we do better? How do we not go down the same path once again? And for me, this is always becomes a spiritual issue. If you, if you are a person of faith, whatever faith that might be, is that faith calling you to kill others? The, the origin, if you talk etymology word jihad, holy war, is not designed to be a holy war to kill the infidel, although that's been altered and bastardized, but it's a, a, a spiritual war with yourself to overcome the lower, you know, impulses to become more spiritually oriented. But of course, it's it's altered now. It becomes all Islamic terrorism. Now, there are Islamic terrorists. There are radicalized people there. Throughout history, there's been ra- radicalized people. But as 
even Jonathan Emord, who is, you know, as very fervent in his defense of Israel, as you heard uh, from uh, yesterday's show, uh, acknowledged that, no, not all people within whatever the faith you want to mention are that way. Do you hold the entire faith accountable or everybody in it for the people that are radicalized and do these things? But in the fog of war, it's hard to make those distinctions and differentiations, much less communicate them. And uh, I just ask for patience and compassion to each each and every one of us who has various beliefs and perspectives on these things. And I, I pray that we can go deeper to uh, find that we all have much more in common than that which divides us. Um, I, I guess that's the best I can do right now, Super D. I know I can't reach everybody. I'm not, <laughs> I don't have delusions of grandeur, but... Uh, yeah, well... We will continue to examine this this uh, this question as time goes on here. So, uh oh, lost your audio. I thought I thought I thought it was a dramatic pause. <laughs> <clears throat> well, as Robert is uh, fixing the audio situation here. Want to give a shout out to the folks over on Rumble. I got a, a, a chastised by, uh, I think it was Cetra Spotlight. I don't know if he's yeah. or she, he, she, mm-hmm. he's watching. I think it's a he, isn't it? Cetros? I can't I remember. Think, I don't think we've ever figured that out. No, I think it says a father of five kids or something like that. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, he yelled at me at the end of the show uh, saying that I we didn't give a shout out to the cheap seats before uh, before signing off. So, Hello, Rumble. Good. I, I, I look over here because that's where the, 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 the chat room is on my other computer. Appreciate you. We've got uh, people hanging out with us over on Facebook. Uh, we got people on Twitch. And uh, don't want to forget about the good folks that catch this on the podcast after the fact. We appreciate you guys as well. So what are we on? Are we on the, the uh, external mic? switch over i don't know it glitched out again and i'm not sure why that is unless it's the the unit itself because i have a new interface that i had uh, set up so uh, as far as the camera's working just fine it's the focus right for some reason that's just kind of wigging right now i'm gonna gonna try and boost your levels up a little bit all right thanks yeah thankfully it's not too noisy here today at this moment in time um when is the AMA this month? I've just seen Lori's asking that. That's a good question. I, I haven't even thought. I think I that. think we spaced that, didn't we? We spaced out on that. That's for sure. Yes. If I'm looking at the uh, the weekend when it could be, I would say the 28th uh, on uh, Saturday, the 28th of October would be the day because I think we did a weeknight last month. So to Lori's question, let's, let's see if we can go with that. You've got a concert that day. Yeah, well, I'm going to go see Yes with the kids. There you so. go. You know, I, uh, I'm i going to put that in there. We're just going to say that's going to be the day. Yeah. So October 28th, Saturday, October 28th. Yeah. AMA. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get you and everybody that needs to know about that on there. And that's going to be Saturday, so that's going to be 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Yeah. Okay. Check, check, check. 10 to 11 a.m. Okay. So um, I saw a a post that somebody had put on Facebook that had gone to the Yes concert. Yeah. 
and I know you're going to like it because I'm going to assume it's the same set list. Okay. Uh, the, the person that did the post was very disappointed because they didn't play Owner of a Lonely Heart. Uh, uh, and another person said, no, this is like a deep cut concert. Right. Which I know is your specialty. You love yeah. the songs that nobody's ever heard of before. <laughs> uh, so, true. yeah, you should enjoy it. But apparently they did not play their, their commercial hits, which I'm sure won't disappoint you. It won't bother me so much. I'll be okay with that. Yeah. All right. House of Representatives is still in a mess. Did you see that? They can't seem to figure out who to elect a, a Speaker of the House. Yeah. Um, they're still trying to figure out you know, who they They don't have anybody that's going to get. Uh, they need 217 votes in order to be able to confirm somebody. And uh, nobody can seem to get that. And it seems to be causing a problem because they can't pass any legislation. They can't get together and, and uh, they even haven't even been able to do the, the house resolution condemning Hamas for the attack a week wow. ago uh, because they don't have a speaker of the house. Well, so what do we, what chaos everywhere? Yeah. The thing is if they can't do the so-called people's business, are we better off? You know, because they know you know what what can happen is if the, if the Republicans can't get their act together. Yeah, uh, it's it's very possible. And it would be in the rules that the Democrats could elect a speaker of the House. Wow. How interesting is that? I, I mean, it's it's it is possible. I would so, say bring back bring back Ron Paul for that. But I know that many. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, bring back uh, uh, what's his face that they got rid of. I mean, at least at least we have somebody in there, you know. Remember who was the the speaker for decades or McCarthy. was it a long time? Tip, o, Tip O'Neill. Going Tip back O'Neill. Oh, dude, that's yeah. going way back. Yeah, yeah, that's going way, yeah. way, way. Back. And you know what's interesting is I I didn't realize that somebody I think in our chat room uh, had mentioned that uh, the speaker of the house doesn't even have to be a member of Congress. It could be anybody. That's true. Yes. You, you, I mean, you true. could just pull somebody off the street and say, "Hey, I want to be speaker of the house." If they get enough votes, they become what speaker of the house. In? You want Tony yeah. Robbins? Is somebody famous? Yeah. Put Oprah in there? I'm just Something. kidding, of course. Yeah. Let's get somebody in there because we gotta get on with uh get on with as you said, the people's business. Yeah. All right, so how about we move to uh, we're we're now thirty eight minutes into hour one. And we haven't uh, even done the first official We haven't story. even done the first first story of the uh of yeah. the rundown. Well, and that first story relates to uh something I've I've complained about. Yes, I complained about something. The United States of Drug America. Uh, pharma nation, Americans will spend half their lives taking prescription drugs, according to a study, a prediction. It's like they're already, what, a, a third of the way there? Half? Uh, how did we become a nation so hooked on synthetic pharmaceuticals, pharmacia, sorcery, unless we are, yes, Americans, vulnerable to black magic, to hoodwinking by advertisements? Right? The modern technology of convincing all of us that every ailment, illness, symptom is an emotion is evidence of a deficiency of an FDA approved pharmaceutical drug. And if that's the case, uh, how do we how do we do better? How do we outgrow that? And I think that maybe if you get to a point where it becomes so obvious, like in covid, that the pharmaceutical industry and the doctors that represent them are doing things that result in our demise uh, where it's an undeniable for many or most that maybe that trend could be reversed. We can 
but we have become a culture of drug addicts. And I, again, self-effacing about my fellow Americans here. I was raised on drugs up until I was 18, 19 years of age. I've told that story many times where I said, no more. I've got to figure out a way or else I'll be dead in my 40s of cancer or the, what I would later learn to be the treatment for cancer. So what do you think? Half your life on drugs. Does that make sense to anybody? If God created us as self-healing organisms, at least our bodies, why would half of our life need to be spent on drugs? Unless unless we are living out of accordance with the natural laws of the universe. And that applies to, again, the, the care of the physical frame, the body that we inhabit while we're here. And the necessity, if I would call it that, of caring for your body in order to preclude the symptoms that lead you down the drugging those symptoms away. Let's be honest about this. And Super D, you can chime in on this too. The reason so many people are on drugs is because it's easier to do drugs than it is to eat organic, clean food and exercise and detoxify your liver every day. Am I right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> it's, a, it's an unfortunate it, reality. It makes sense. You, it, goes along, it goes along with everything else in society. If you, if you, the majority, I think, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. the majority of new inventions and things that come out that become all the rage. Yeah are centered around making things easier to do. I mean, that's just been the thing. If you want to, if you want to invent something and have it be very popular, either have it do something that, that's been never been done before or have have it be something that makes some sort of part of people's lives uh, more convenient. That's what it is that, that, that people are, are looking for. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, true. just it's it, that's just what it is, and so this is the reason why we, every once in a while we've we covered this recently, where they think they found the pill that that uh, uh, replaces exercise, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. Who, right? I mean, I, I don't have to get up and, and drive to the gym and run right. on the treadmill or lift the weights and do this stuff like that. I can just take a pill. Mm -hmm. Oh heck, man! I mean, who, that's a that's a that's a blockbuster drug. It's the same thing like the Ozempic, right? Right. Well, I, I, you mean I don't have to like eat differently or exercise to lose weight or or change my lifestyle or something like that. I can mm -hmm. just poke myself in the in the gut, you know, once a day with, with this thing here, and I'm going to lose weight. Mm -hmm. That's the reason. That's the reason why. Did you know Novo Nordisk, the company? It's based in Denmark. The company yeah. has a higher GDP than Denmark. Wow. Yeah. I'm not 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 a joke. Oh my God! I mean, Denmark's just like, yay, you know, because yeah. you know, hey, we're on the map now. People are, yeah. hey, remember us, Denmark? Nobody talks about Denmark, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, higher G GDP. The company Novo Nordisk does than the than than the, the country of Denmark that they they exist in. Yeah. So I, you know, have I come to the right conclusion? Why are Americans spending or are predicted to spend half their life on drugs because they either won't or don't know? Still, some of them are ignorant. I agree uh, that you can control much of your destiny by removing the toxic poisons from your body from which you are exposed from birth or even prior to birth uh, to throughout your life. And then, of course, recognizing that the deficiencies that are existing are manifesting those symptoms as well, that you then say, what can I do to supplement that which I, my body desperately needs and it's not getting from the things I'm eating? And so the correction is what? Taking responsibility for your life. And that was another discussion point we had with that guy 
I apologize. I can't remember his name. He was, he was talking about being the king. He's king of his own country castle. Help me out here, Super D. That's the pace we've been on this week. And of course, traveling <laughs> to Chicago and getting Brandon paid. Joe Williams. Brandon Joe Williams. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And, and we talk about uh, what does that mean to take responsibility, to be responsive to, you know, it's like you respond to what is life teaching you? And do you ignore it? Do you suppress it? Do you shout it down? Do you drug it? Or do you go, oh, this is telling me something. That's the gift I, I wanted to give my kids that I didn't have. And I'm not complaining to mom. Hi, mom. Love you. That's not a complaint. Just, you know, the, our journey was to say, hey, you kids, we're raising you in a certain way organically. We're not vaccinating you. You're not going on antibiotics of the month or the week or ever if we don't need to. And we haven't. Uh, I want you to pay attention. If you go out and eat food that I might claim is less than optimal, pay attention to what your body cells tell you. They're not going to lie to you. They're going to tell you. And then, then of course, make a choice. Do I run to the drug store and take a drug to suppress the discomfort? Or I go, oh, yeah, I did that. And I could take a homeopathic remedy or an herb to help alleviate some of it. But then I'm not going to make that choice again. It's kind of like, I don't know if it relates to uh, drinking heavily, alcohol and having a hangover. And you're like, oh, I'll never drink again. And then I don't know how it is that people then they go do it again and again and again. And I was there many years ago, so I, I know I'd no longer. Uh, yeah. 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 I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, so we are stubborn creatures, apparently. All right. Let's uh, yes. let's jump to the, the, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. Uh, Alliance for Natural Health is reporting how the FTC is clarifying its censorship regime. In other words, how is it going to censor claims of dietary supplements? And this article is from our friends at ANH, ANH-USA.org. And uh, you guys can read about this. But again, the FTC has more teeth than... Uh, am I getting any juice in here? I think I should be. Let's see if I'm getting juice through this. Stand by. I'm like, a lot of things are not working today. <laughs> that are uh -huh. suddenly not working. But like, I'm going to disconnect this and see what happens. If I hope I don't lose you or you lose me. <laughs> no, we seem to be okay. One of those days. Yeah. Getting challenged technologically here. Come on, fit that in. There we go. We should get juice now. All right. I was looking at the uh, the computer. It was like dropping. I'm like, it's plugged in. What's going on? Well, uh -huh. the interface, one of the interfaces is not working. So I think it corrupted the other thing. And there I go. You guys don't want to know this. It's just technical stuff. So the FTC, the, the yes. Federal Trade Commission, how is it going to censor supplement claims? This is a big battle that Jonathan E. Mort has taken on in his career as an attorney, beating back the FDA world record eight times. He's taken on the FTC. The FTC has actually more teeth than the FDA because they will fine you out of business. Uh, just and, and good luck trying to prove your innocence because you're guilty first. It's not innocent until proven guilty with the FTC. So they apparently uh, r r clarified their position on the need for what they call randomized controlled trials. You know, the controversy, of course, there is that many well, no vaccines have gone through randomized control trials, placebo control trials. Uh, and uh, yet th those are on the market making, you know, billions and billions and harming and killing people. But they're concerned that a dietary supplement might make a statement based on certain scientific, uh, uh, let's say, dare I say facts, but certain things that have been revealed through the, you know, either observational science, clinical science or actual studies. And often uh, they'll say, well, that's not enough, or we don't agree with that one, or the preponderance of the data from our experts in the government that are also 
owned and controlled by the pharmaceutical industry that doesn't want any competition from dietary supplements says, well, that's not a legitimate uh, uh, you know, argument or a legitimate uh, scientific uh, paper or something. And so you have this suppression of not only speech, but what happens when you suppress speech about dietary supplements, people are left with the other side of the, you're not taking, you're not, you are taking drugs because you didn't know that eating is better or you just are too lazy, that could happen. But in this case, it would be because you don't know, because you're prevented from knowing the benefits of a supplement versus a drug or anything to, to respond more appropriately to what ails you. Uh, but the FTC is also a captured agency, as the FDA and others are, uh, by the pharmaceutical church. And so we're seeing that they are going, well, we're, we're, gonna, we're not going to do what we say we're going to do, but they are going to do what they say they're not going to do. <laughs> so as a general matter, substantiation of, this is their response, I think, of health-related benefits will need to be in the form of randomized, controlled human clinical testing to meet the competent, reliable scientific standard. I'm reading this now. Uh, animal and in vitro studies may prove useful supporting or background information, but without confirming confirmation by human RCTs, they aren't sufficient to substantiate health-related claims. So here's the stifling of innovation because they say, well, you need this, but if you invest in it, it's likely not going to be enough. Not only can you not patent what you are wanting to sell, so you wouldn't invest $100 billion or whatever it would take to make it a drug. Now they're going to shut you down from even doing base level good science to help support why you've got a product on the market. And they're going to say, well, we might accept it, but probably not. So the alert here uh, is to write to Congress to pass legislation to permit food and supplements to share and promote peer-reviewed scientific studies about supplement benefits. So check out the page at anh-usa.org. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com and uh, help push back on the, I'd say, yes, the evil FTC, uh, the anti-freedom FTC, the anti-freedom of speech FTC, the anti-your good health FTC. Got a lot to do, a lot to do, a lot to do better. All right, Super Don, carry on. Still trying to troubleshoot my microphones here. Hi, everybody. Everybody's registering for the... Health Freedom Expo here. It's very exciting. You should be doing. You should be doing a man on the street thing. I could at this point. You can just show up and turn. You don't have any microphone. Car. No microphones working. Though. No, no officials that are working right now. So, yeah. Ah, All right. It's just, just a little annoying. Hopefully, you guys can hear me okay, and we'll make we'll make it work. All right. So let's see here. Lori says. Den, we were talking about Denmark. Uh, yes. Denmark is where Dr. Paul Thornton is. Dr. Paul Thornton. Do you know about Dr. Paul Thornton? He's on the, it's Thorson, I thought. Isn't it oh, Thorson? Is it Thorson? Yeah, 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 I think you're right. He was on the FBI's most wanted list. That is That's true. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Maybe he's working with Novo Nordisk. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Here is uh, Kim. Says Canada banned all supplements. Yeah, their candidate is in a much worse situation because they don't have a declaration of independence that started with an acknowledgement of rights coming from God. It was an act of parliament. We've discussed that, that granted, you know, the Charter of Freedoms. But this is an act of parliament. That means it can be revoked. Whereas in America, they would have to, I mean, ultimately take up arms and kill all Americans that believe in freedom and that their rights come from God. Again, this comes to the controversy of Second Amendment discussion. You know, it's like we don't want you to have certain guns. Why not? What happens if you, you know, have an invasion? You just sit around and wait. Can you please not attack me while I'm waiting? For, I'm going to call 911 or I'm going to call the military. Biden, can you send the military out to protect us from an invasion? 
that's not how it works. And America knows that the history of America recognized that our individual right to keep and bear arms is a right to defend life, liberty and property. And others are just, oh, it's only to take life. But then who, who gets all the guns? Government. What is government good at? Yeah, not protecting you, but taking you out, so to speak. So uh, um, anyway, there's there's that, too. Let's see. Weed killers, child brain dysfunction. Is that a children's health defense article here? Uh, you know, I saw it in several. In fact, you sent me one. I don't know where it was that, that you saw it, but it's been going around um, about this link between these popular weed killers and child brain dysfunction. Go figure. Uh, I mean, yeah. Not that we've, we've seen anything that has come uh, that's good other than, the, other than the fact that it kills weeds, but you can do that in many other ways, right? Mm-hmm. But they did these uh, urine samples of kids between 11 and 17 years old, and they collected... Uh, Samples and tested for the presence of two commonly used herbicides, one of them glyphosate, of course, yeah. and then the 2,4-D. Right, um, right. They, they, the insect repellent DEET as well as included as in well. this. As well, yeah, they yeah. included that in there. And, well, uh, and, and this is why when we talk about mosquitoes, I, I have you know, a lot of people that are naturally uh, focused hate mosquitoes like I do, but they'll use DEET. I'm like, no, I hate them. I don't, I don't, I get, look, sorry, God, I've, I've talked to God about this. I've told you why mosquitoes. <laughs> somebody you know we, we we actually said that on the show one time somebody pointed something out that something yes. eats mosquitoes well they feed certain things i mean they're food yeah. for other things so bats I, eat mosquitoes I, or something yeah but then bats, but then bats cause covid so come on oh come on guano is good for oh, your garden so, that's uh, right the great bats white bat has great white guano yes so once again we have <laughs> uh if you if you look on our website at robertscottbell.com there are banners including to contact organic so you have Something that you can utilize. Live uh, clean, I think, is what what you're looking for. Live clean, L I V K L E E N, I believe, as well as uh, the Orange Guard, you know, the delimiting based pest control. So we're not resorting to those things, but you can use things as repellents, uh, various repellents that are not neurotoxic and don't don't destroy children and their ability to have proper brain function. So that's another thing. Uh, Here's another article here. Uh, This one is from Children's Health Defense. And these are all listed at the Robert Scott Bell Show website, robertscottbell.com. Despite massive lack of safety data, the EPA wants to approve the biopesticide to kill potato beetles. And this apparently is more mRNA. Well, this just says, I I don't know. It says RNA interference. So the same thing or similar. Yeah, are they using synthetic mRNA or is this just RNA interference? This is a, you know, but I look at this and I go, man, I mean, there's got to be a better way to deal with bugs Mm. or potato uh, uh, beetles. But this is a a nanoscale, a new nanoscale gene silencing uh, biopesticide. I'm already like freaked out. Just nanoscale gene silencing. I mean, really? And, and, and you're telling me that uh, you can guarantee me that this is only going to have gene silencing uh, effects on just potato beetles. Right. Not people. I, I don't I have trouble believing that. But apparently there's a scientist here in this article that's warning that, that this this uh, there's a lack of, of evidence data, evidence based data. Yeah. It's an RNA interference pesticide. And they have no no data whatsoever showing that it's safe for human, for newborns, for fetuses, young children, children going through puberty. Yet, uh, apparently, I guess they're they're on the cusp of of being ready to approve this. Yeah. Well, we've got regulatory capture of the EPA, which uh, if you really care about the environment, don't turn it over to a centralized bureaucracy. 
that is easy to be purchased. And um, how about the use of uh, organic or biodynamic uh, farming practices, enhancing and regenerating soil to strengthen the plant so that it's less susceptible to things like potato beetles? No, we can't do that. We need to be able to sell you a toxic pesticide of some kind that we can profit from, you know, based on the patent and monopoly protection of the EPA for those things with rare examples of uh, companies like Orange Guard going through all of the things that the EPA requires so that they can actually have a pesticide on the label. But then again, you've got this bizarre thing the EPA has done recently uh, with Berkey water filters because it can filter out certain, I don't know, was it parasites or bacteria that now it's called also a pesticide. So it's been right. banned. Right. This is just absurd and bizarre. It's and this dumb. is where I go, you know, America, Americans, we got to do better. Yep. We're allowing this to happen. And as much as I want, yes, I want Jonathan Emore in the U.S. Senate, we can't wait for that. How do we put up with this nonsense? That has to be, you know, elements of, some might call it rebellion, but, uh, you know, nullification for sure on a state level, on a local level, on an individual level as well, because we can't wait for the feds to, to get it right, so to speak. So, hey, hello, everybody. So come on down to the Health Freedom Expo. We are here and we are happening. It's live and there's registration occurring. People are going to be setting up all the booths. Uh, the lectures start tomorrow morning. we got two full days of, of awesomeness. And if you can't be here with us, uh, there'll be the virtual expo in February. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Hey, do we have time to do the homeopathic hit of the day? I think we do. All right. Hit it. Hit it now. Hit it. Hit it. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, we've got the homeopathic hit of the day, and uh, if you're feeling a little bit dizzy, we got your remedy. It's coculus, coculus, C-O-C-C-U-L-U-S, and this got a lot of questions about people with dizziness, and this is a, this is a great and simple remedy to address a lot of things, and a lot of times it's considered the remedy for motion sickness and mental fatigue as well. And if you look in the uh, website, Superdon, is it is it linked up easy to find today? Do you have it? It is today. I got to figure it out. Yep. So, yeah, so there's a, a pre PDF downloadable document for free. This is how much Super Don loves you. <laughs> Every homeopathic hit for free download, although we ask you to at least share the show as a thanks. If not, you can even become a patron supporter. But this brief guide will delve into the a uh, few of the applications for coculus and its effectiveness in treating some of these things. Again, these are brief because to go full on into any one remedy in the Materia Medica, you would be bored out of your mind. You'd fall asleep. That wouldn't be good for us. Unless you're an insomniac, you need to fall asleep. That's not what this is for. There are other remedies that can address insomnia. So here in coculus, it's derived from the fruit of the Anamurta uh, coculus plant. Uh, this substance is uh, carefully processed and potentized to create the homeopathic remedy, coculus. And uh, this is the, uh, you know, the origin coming from a botanical as we do every day on the Robert Scott Bell Show, another homeopathic hit. Uh, again, if you're just showing up at the Health Freedom Expo, come on down and see me. We're at registration uh, while the Trinity Live event is going on. And uh, they may be talking some homeopathy as well. But this physical focus of coculus is fascinating because it's used for conditions like motion sickness, vertigo, menstrual cramps, even coculus, right? So it's not one thing, it's many things, and it's more than that. But the biggest insight you get is motion sickness and vertigo, dizziness. When we talk about the mental uh, impact of coculus on, you know, when you, when do I use coculus from a mental perspective? If you're experiencing mental fatigue, 
confusion, or if you have a general sense of being overwhelmed. Primary uses, we go down into that section, you see that motion sickness is the one that keeps coming back, effective for dealing with the motion sickness, especially when accompanied by dizziness or nausea. Interestingly enough, I mean, you could feel, ooh, when, when might that happen? Oh, how about seasickness? You ever been seasick? Not only dizzy, but you feel like you're gonna hurl, or you might actually. I'll also add into the mix roller coasters. If you want to ride a roller coaster and you can't because you just get too dizzy, might consider traveling with a little bit of coculus to take before or after. Uh, that could help. And when we get into mental fatigue, uh, using the coculus for mental fatigue and confusion, particularly when the individual is sleep deprived or overworked. Now, when we talk about that mental fatigue, it, it's fatiguing to have, let's say, digestive issues that may be part of the reason that this is occurring. It might also be an issue of, uh, well, a vertebral subluxation according to the chiropractic model as well. But again, regardless of the cause, coculus can be a great help. I think we're gonna have a, a wedding reception. They're starting here at Superdon, so we could have musical interludes during the next hour of the show. As we're wrapping up the coculus discussion, dosages and potencies, low attenuations or potencies, 6X to 30C, suitable for acute conditions, like there are sudden onset, even menstrual cramping. Also, higher potencies for more chronic fatigue or severe vertigo. And as always, I encourage you to con uh, contemplate finding, even though it's hard, a qualified homeopath to help you when you need it. Complementary remedies include Nux Vomica, often used after coculus for lingering symptoms of motion sickness and digestive issues. There's a connection again, as well as phosphorus. Yeah, one of my favorite remedies, treating mental fatigue, especially when there's a feeling of burnout. And I add arsenicum album into the mix here. Helpful when dizziness and fatigue are related to intoxication and adrenal stress. So, coculus is a homeopathic remedy. Yes, it's safe, but please consult a homeopath as needed. Uh, it's versatile, it helps a lot. And uh, I would just say, reminding you that this is not to replace a doctor if you feel like you need one. This is not to give you medical advice. This is about information and education to empower you to make fully informed decisions about how you care for your health. So thank you all for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We're gonna take a quick break, top of the hour. We got questions of the day and we've got, who else coming on board? I think it's Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center in hour two because the power to heal is yours. And here we are, hour two of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And we have no Robert Scott Bell. I mean, it's a Robert Scott Bell Show. What do you need Robert Scott Bell for, right? But fortunately, um, we do have Michael Bolden on today, who is going to save the day as I bring him on and say, hey, how you doing? Whoa, I had no idea you were here. I, really? <laughs> <laughs> Did we lose Robert again? You know, he is on remote. Uh, he's at the Health Freedom Expo. Yes. In, in Tinley Park. You got to put up with me. But. Chicago. Nice. Had to reboot the computer. So he was just, just a tad bit late, but we'll forgive him. Is it, uh, is it still not working? 
uh, I, yeah, I can't get the focus right, uh, Scarlet, to interface properly. It's just like it's bugging out, and the and I don't know why. I need Michael Bolden here to help me. But, uh, <laughs> this happened the last time you were on remote too. The same I device, know. and I and I got the really nice interface because I thought for sure it was the interface uh, thing. You know, these de these devices that go together, mm -hmm. and, and even that's not. So I'm now thinking maybe it's the Scarlet itself. Yeah, the focus rights do run into issues. Have you upgraded all the firmware? Probably not. No. Let me look in this. So, well, hi, happy Friday. Hey. hey, happy happy Friday the thirteenth. Yes, dude, Michael, I've been wanting you on all week just because of the intensity of of what's going on, and you know, trying to communicate the the disaster of you know humanity at war again and again and again and again, and recognizing the right of you know self-defense as well all of these things that intersect and it's like how do you communicate these things without being called either uh, a, war, a warmonger or uh an ignorant peacenik that doesn't understand the right of self-defense all of these things make it you know it's such a challenge to communicate all the things that as a human being just being compassionate and passionate about defense of all life i'm a kind of a founding father kind of dude so i'm an ignorant peacenik because over and over and over and over the founders told us to stay out of the affairs of the foreign world the people in other countries cannot be trusted i mean we can talk about all kinds of stuff thomas jefferson's foreign policy what john jay had to say about how everyone should stay out of uh everything uh, george washington steer clear of permanent alliances with the foreign world his farewell address there's a lot that we can talk about of course there's a lot of tragedy and suffering but part of the reason that the founders wanted to stay away from the foreign world's conflicts primarily europe at, at the time, but elsewhere as well, was because, uh, you know, once you become, uh, as George Washington put it, once you become really kind of attached to one nation or another, you really become a slave to their passions. And if you are always committed to helping one team, you can't actually determine what's right or wrong. And that's uh, that's not what the Constitution was set up for. Yeah, just what, yeah. You know, I, I tried to describe <laughs> yeah. any time yeah. that should be you the clip of the week. You sound yeah. yeah you can't, is that a, kind of like a Jewish thing? Yeah, yeah, it's Yiddish, whatever. Oy vey. Um, yeah. Look, I you know I try to share these stories about every time <laughs> there are third party interveners, whether it be a country, a nation, or some somebody that comes in to just kind of muck about the works and try to tell everybody to hate one another, right? Yeah. Despise one another, to fear one another. It's it's like the the vulnerability that we all have as humans is to, because primarily of fear, uh, could be convinced in some cases that the only option is to, you know, fill in the blanks and it could be a violent option. As I said, there are people that have been programmed to believe that some people are not worthy of life and it's disgusting, but that, that happens in certain cultures as well that, you know, get ongoing conflicts that are made worse by these manipulators that benefit and profit who was it that said all all wars are bankers wars you know or I, I i'm wearing the t-shirt well i don't know if you guys can see it oh yeah. benjamin franklin one of my favorite quotes and this is literally just weeks after he helped negotiate the treaty of paris ending the war for independence that he was very much in support of but he said and this is just kind of a pithy franklin statement he said there never was a good war or a bad peace. And in context, you can understand this 
as what Franklin is saying is even if you have to fight a just war of self-defense, which is what he right. saw the war for independence, it's still filled with horrible evils. We never, ever, ever want to cheer on warfare because so much suffering that happens. James Madison warned us that war is perhaps the greatest threat to the public liberty because it comprises and develops the germ of every other. To Madison, he said, war is the parent of armies. From armies give you debts and taxes. And again, this is the father of the Constitution saying it, not me. Armies and debts and taxes are the known instruments for putting the many under the domination of the few. And we have a trifecta of all of that. So how do we resist the uh, the the war machine, if you will? Hmm. Well, I mean, I know you were talking about the creation of Hamas. We could also probably go back to the creation and the support of of uh, Al Qaeda against the Soviets many years ago, and the funding of Taliban Bin Laden, is- and that comes back to bite you in the ass years later. Uh, how about man, this? How it's about a mess. this? Uh, we, we, I actually brought this. I don't think we played this on the air, but a couple days ago, um, when we were having Robert and I were having discussions about what's going on in Israel, I had come across this video of Ron Paul back in 2009. Classic. And it, what, what was going on here, there was a, a House resolution uh, that was being uh, voted on. And this was House Resolution 34, and this resolution says, uh, recognizing Israel's right to defend itself against attacks from Gaza reaffirming the United States' strong support for Israel and supporting the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. So this was the resolution. He actually opposed it. And uh, this is about three minutes long, but I think it's worth playing because it it was kind of a shocker to me because I'd never heard this. And we were talking, I don't know if you caught this earlier uh, in the hour, in the first hour, Michael, but I I was just saying that, you know, Ron Paul, he was like, uh, it, it was really cool, but but frustrating at the same time, because he, he would come out with this stuff that totally made sense. But sometimes it was stuff you'd never heard before. And it like turned your thinking and understanding of things on its head. And it's because hard to like, accept that when you first hear it. You, exactly. Generally, the response is a knee jerk reaction, a boo. This right. guy's crazy. He hates right. America. He's helping right. the terrorists. And that's how people generally responded to him at first. We get a lot of the same still today. But sorry, I just wanted like, to point no, that no, out. No, no, no. You're 100 percent right. And I laugh you know, when you say that because it's totally true because you're just like, Oh, what did he just say? They're crazy kind of like, Uncle Ron oh. with his propaganda. It's like, damn it, he's right again. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, if you don't mind, Robert, just just here, here's a clip here of, and this is his opposition to that House resolution about Israel and Gaza. The gentlewoman from Florida is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I'd like to yield two minutes to the gentleman from Texas, Dr. Paul. The gentleman is recognized uh, for two minutes. Gentleman for yielding, and I ask unanimous consent to revise and extend my remarks. Without objection. Uh, Madam Speaker, um, I rise in opposition to this resolution, uh, not because uh, I am taking sides and and picking who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, but I'm looking at this more from the angle of being a uh, United States citizen and American. And I think resolutions like this uh, really do us great harm. Uh, 
in many ways, what's happening in the Middle East, and in particular with Gaza right now, we have some moral responsibility for both sides, uh, in, in a way, because we provide help and funding uh, for both Arab nations and Israel. And uh, so we definitely have a moral responsibility, and especially now, today, the weapons being used to uh, kill so many Palestinians are American weapons, and uh, American funds essentially are being used uh, for this. But there's a political liability, which I think is something that we fail to look at because too often there's so much blowback from our intervention in areas that we shouldn't be involved in. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. And you say, well, yeah, that was better then and served its purpose, but we didn't want Hamas to do this. So then we as Americans say, well, we have such a good system, we're going to impose this on the world. We're going to invade Iraq and teach people how to be Democrats. We want free elections. So we encourage the Palestinians to have a free election. They do, and they elect Hamas. So we first indirectly and directly through Israel help establish Hamas. Then we have election. Then Hamas becomes dominant, so we have to kill them. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. During, during the 80s, uh, you know, we were allied with Osama bin Laden. And uh, we were contending with the Soviets. It was at that time our CAA thought it was good if we radicalized the Muslim world. So we financed the madrasa schools to radicalize the Muslims in order to compete with the, with the Soviets. There's too much blowback. There's a lot of reasons why we should oppose this resolution. It is not in the interest of the United States. It's not in the interest of Israel either. Yeah, these are the uncomfortable things he brought to light that many of us in America didn't want to see acknowledged. By the way, guess who's joining us right Hi, now? Hi, Paul Baratero. That's pretty awesome. How are you? <laughs> I'm very happy to see you. I've got like 50 thoughts to share on this Ron Paul thing, but I had to say hi to that beautiful smiling face first. Are we getting clicking from uh, um, Bolton? Yeah, we're getting a little bit of clicking. Oh, bad. You guys the... want me to reload? Yeah, why don't you real quick? We'll say hi to Paul here, and then you can come in with your 50 things we want to hear from you. So, how are you? Good to see you. So we got here. We're here at the Health Freedom Expo, and uh, a registration is happening. People are popping in, and Paul Baratero, my buddy, is here, just arrived, and uh, so glad to have a reunion every year here. And shout out to Julie Whitman Klein and the entire Trinity family. They're amazing. Uh, so, Super D, thanks for playing that clip. I mean, you remember when that was happening? He was he was receiving a lot of. Uh, you know, oh yeah, story remarks and hatred like he's that that, that is that is just especially right now. I couldn't even imagine what would happen if like Fox News played that clip. Mm -hmm. I mean, people would start throwing rocks through Fox News's windows and stuff. You know, it's like, what do you mean we created Hamas? You know, um, yeah. but yeah, that, that kind of blew me away when I when I heard that because I was just like, oh. There, yeah. there is there that that shows you what we've talked about before. People have short-term memory loss. Yeah. Um, you know, we just you know people just kind of forget these these details, and I I know I did. And that just kind of blew me away. So what 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 were you going to say, Michael? How am I sounding first? Sounds uh, good. Sounds good right now. Less clicky. Okay, yes. let me know if I get too clicky. Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, first of all, we know that uh, over, I know, Robert, you've talked about uh, PNAC, Project for a New American Century, some time ago. This is the project, the foreign policy of the neocons to get involved in Iraq. For decades, they have been agitating for a war with Iran. We know how these types of things escalate. You know, one side goes after the other, then the other one goes after the other, then Hezbollah and Lebanon get involved. And really, it's a push for this is all covering the reasons why the founders wanted us to, quote, again, steer clear of permanent alliances with the entire foreign world. That's President George Washington, I mean, uh, telling us that's the policy, the true policy of America, but also under the Constitution as John Jay, the first chief justice of the Supreme Court. And I'm going to take John Jay's view of the Constitution over anyone alive today. He told us that until war is constitutionally declared, the entire nation and all its members must observe and preserve peace. You can't pick sides. You're supposed to have a strict impartiality, according to John Jay, which requires people from restraining, affording military aid of any kind to either side of a conflict. So without a declaration of war, nothing should be happening whatsoever. Now, that doesn't mean that Congress can't make the decision, the representatives of the people, to say, well, we're going to declare war on Hamas or uh, Lebanon or whoever it may be. And that's how it's supposed to go. If they want to do that, that's the representatives of the people, and those are the people you hold accountable. But this kind of arbitrary approach, arbitrary government was one of the great grievances or the usurpations listed in the Declaration of Independence is totally contrary to the entire system set up by the founders. And the result has always been bad. It's exactly what George Washington warned against in his farewell address. I don't want to read this really long uh, passage, but you can look it up online and see the full text. But he said, you know, we're, we want to have peace with all nations. Jefferson said no entangling alliances. Right. And the idea was you don't have permanent attachments to any nation because then, as Washington told us, you become a slave to their passions and you become a slave to their own foreign policy. It's no longer an American foreign policy under the Constitution. Michael, I, I want to add this. And, and Paul, I want your input here as well, because I, I liken the individual's behavior and then you, you play it out as government. It's like, what is the government allowed to do that individuals or not, for instance. And, and it's like, are we allowed to go around and beat people into submission? You must be, you know, a democratic country and have the same ideals or similar ideals to us. Like you said, a foreign policy that says, hey, we're going to make Iraq a democracy, for instance, uh, didn't work so well, as opposed to being a living example for that which yeah. you would like for others to aspire to. And then they're going to make decisions. And I think, Paul, in terms of, you know, not interfering in people's lives, trying to be an example for others as opposed to beating them into submission. Yeah. I think if we, I think if we're ever, which we know we will, be able to go back and watch all the videos, hmm. it was most of this was all our own crazy making. The bottom line is we try to do all this stuff, and usually it always comes like Ron Paul said, a blowback. Mm -hmm. It's always a blowback at the end because we're manipulating, we're wanting this thing and this strategy and this, and if we just kind of left things alone sometimes to happen naturally. I think people are inherently better than we give them credit for. And I think yeah. that they would do better if they were left to their own, you know? Do you guys want me to read this little passage from Washington's farewell? Yeah, go ahead. Is that cool? Of we course, it. it's the, 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 what he's trying to focus on is this, observe good faith and justice towards all nations, cultivate 
peace and harmony with all. We don't hear presidents talk about peace. Thomas Jefferson in his first inaugural used the word peace seven or nine times. It's just not something that happens. But here's how Washington put it. In the execution of such a plan, nothing is more essential than that permanent antipathies against particular nations and passionate attachments for others should be excluded. And instead of that, just and amicable feelings towards all should be cultivated. The nation which indulges towards another a habitual hatred or habitual fondness is in some degree a slave. You're slave to their passions. And especially if you have a permanent alliance, NATO, for example, you're a slave to whoever might. I mean, let's say you have an alliance with a country and they're doing all kinds of good, peaceful things, advancing liberty. Well, it just doesn't happen. But let's say it, it, in theory today. But what happens in 100 years if you have a permanent alliance? You could have some tyrant get in office. They right. may cross a border, invade Poland, for example, and claim it was in self-defense. And then suddenly you're called to violate the Constitution because the representatives of the people no longer have the say about whether or not you're going to get involved in that war. And that's a big reason that the founders set up the system the way that they did, because they wanted us to lead by example, be a land of liberty, yeah. not be the policemen of the world to dominate the world. Uh, it's totally opposite today. Yeah, that's what I said about, you know, how do you engage in your life? Uh, do you take great pleasure out of beating people into submission and then finding out what well, they don't like you? <laughs> or do you recognize, hey, you know what? I believe this is a better way to live and I'm going to try and inspire others. And I might elucidate the reasons for it, too. You know, argument. We talked about argument. The origin of that word is to make clear it's not a bad thing. Uh, and And I think that maybe individuals in America have lost sight of the ability to live by example. And so they have allowed because yeah, our example has been garbage. Well, I think uh, that's yeah. part of it. We live under the largest government in the history of the planet. Today, oh, yeah. the U.S. government in its how much it spends is eight times the size of the Chinese communist government. It's insane how big this government is here. It's got nothing to do with the government that Madison told us was going to have powers that are few and defined. There's nowhere close to that. They invade our ability, talking about invasions, they invade our ability to make our choices and what we consume, what we grow in our backyard, how we can defend our homes, our family, and our country. I mean, it's almost limitless. It's not much different than what the British claim power over us, what they said in all cases whatsoever. It's not much different today. So we're not really leading by example. And so then people get distracted by every every situation out there. And of course, our humanity, I think most people, even the... <laughs> ones who sound a little bloodthirsty these days. Mm -hmm. I think the motivation is we want to stop bad guys. But right. when we're talking about the largest military empire, the largest government in world history, we have more bad guys in Washington, D.C. than we know what to do with. Well, I think we know what to do with them, but we yeah. got to have some backbone to start taking care of that first. Until we clean up our own home, I don't think uh, there's any moral justification for trying to claim the power or the moral authority to clean up others. Yeah, I look at our government and I have for a long time to say it doesn't seem to be ours because it doesn't operate within the bounds of the Constitution and hasn't for a long time. It's definitely not yours and mine. Right. And, and so, it's you know, it's, it's awkward because you say, you know, I believe in the high ideals of America and its foundation and the principles. And, and I think a lot of people around the world came here 
for that reason. Now, yes. I don't know necessarily why people are coming in now with the so-called open border issue. Is everybody coming here to do wonderful things? I well, think a lot of it is a result of imperial American foreign policy, either through economic sanctions or through military interventions. How much of various countries have been absolutely destroyed by American policy? And people are really getting kind of thrown all over the place. There's crazy migrant situations in Europe and elsewhere that are the result of actually trying to manipulate other people. And so people are fleeing to try to get a better life. I don't think that everyone trying to come across the border, some of the things that people do to do that from the southern border, I don't think they're coming here to be enemies. All the things that many of the average families try to do are just trying to get a little bit of better life. Uh, and I can understand that. doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good policy to, to address that way uh, by the U.S. government's. Uh, because we also have well, to think would, about the I state would, governments would, too. Uh, you know, but who we have to understand the motives. Yeah, exactly. Who 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 benefits by the policy right now, and the desire for what larger government? Well, let's just say there's a disastrous uh, incursion, if you will, through a southern border of people that suddenly become radicalized or are, and they are woken up to start doing horrible things within our uh, own uh, country's borders. Um, you know, the right response, I would say, is, you know, individuals can defend their life, liberty and property better than the police or or uh, military. It's like, what are you going to wait? Call 911. Uh, Biden, send in some troops. Their people are just attacking us. Uh, Dude, the, I the, was for 20 years. I lived in downtown Los Angeles. I just moved a year ago, as you guys probably have heard on the show. Uh, yeah. But in the last couple of years with the lockdowns, with the, the BLM protests or riots, I mean, there was so much violence at the front door of my luxury apartment, and I lived one and a half blocks away from LAPD headquarters. I'd never got help once. Right. So you really have to take responsibility for your own life. Otherwise, uh, if you rely on government, you're going to be disappointed almost every time. But that's the interesting thing, because government is the thing that's trying to disarm you so that they can help you. Yes. We, oh, yeah. We've heard a lot about, oh, uh, uh, such and such a country has a right to self-defense. Such and such a group of people has a right to self-defense. But they never actually use that when it comes to you. You don't have a right to self-defense. Just favored nations do. Now, if you want to get an AR-15 or a fully automatic weapon that should not have any restrictions on it under, by the federal government under the Constitution, you can't do that. No way should you be able to defend yourself, but favored nations, of course, always can. Yeah. You know, my my family, my ancestors, I should say, mm -hmm. came into this country from Italy, Germany, and I'm all for people moving here. I'm all for people coming that want to add to society and want to improve and make America the wonderful country it is because it is a melting pot. I do think there needs to be um, some sort of vetting system. Like Most countries <laughs> have, have a border and they actually take it seriously because yeah. it's under the law of nations. It's required Correct. if you're a country but Correct. or a nation. But, it, you know, I'd say the agenda of those in power right now is to get votes. Well, certainly get votes. But I think to uh, create a scenario of helplessness that people will then reach out wrongly and go, we need more government. Right. And right. I think that's part of their agenda. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A quick yeah, aside, both Thomas Jefferson and James Madison took the position that the federal government had no power under the Constitution over the migration of people across the border into the states unless they were alien enemies, alien friends from countries where they were at a state of peace. That was a state-by-state -state decision.
Now, there is some disagreement on that, but I think it's important to understand that the leading founders thought this should actually be a state issue. So Texas could shut down its border. Arizona could shut down its border. Of course, the federal government will tell Arizona they're not allowed to do this. They'll tell the governor uh, uh, Abbott in Texas, there's no way he's authorized to do this. But they could. But that also means when you take one side of an equation, that means California could make it a free-for-all. It does make it a little interesting scenario, but that was the federal system that Jefferson and Madison were in support of. Yeah, federalism. Um, real quick, I'd ask um, my buddy over here sitting next to me, Paul. <laughs> we're here at the Health Freedom Expo, and and, yeah. and I know, Michael, you've been to a summit when it was in Long Beach. Long Beach, Beach well. Long Beach. Oh, yeah. Fun they are. Um, are you going to awesome. have Echo one of my water? favorites else today? Ed. Are you going to have Echo Water at the booth? I am going to have Echo Water. So we're going to have we're going to be able to hydrate and and get the hydrogen in us this weekend. That's I was right. hoping that was the case. That's right. So another reason why, if you guys haven't considered coming to the Health Freedom Expo, it is what is it today? That's Friday the 13th. So the 14th and 15th, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, come on down. You're going to get some Echo Water. We've got lots of fun stuff. I'll be pouring shots of silver and copper as always. Um, mm-hmm. My buddy, Bobri Oren. Have you ever met Bobri yet? Have you met him? Oh, He's originally yeah. from yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia when it was controlled by the Soviet Union yes. and then moved to Israel, came to America. And he's brought that foli- folium products, folium PX. That's a Chernobyl level response yeah. to ionizing radiation, heavy metals that was developed at a time where people were exposed to inordinate amounts of ionizing radiation because of the disaster there. And it's been a wonderful product. Helped my mom to get back on her dancing feet. And uh, so Bobri's going to be here. So we'll have fun with y'all. We will ask questions of him as well. And uh, check out foliumpx.com, of course. And, and you get the folium immuno and folium relax and the original folium as well. But all of these things can be taken with Echo Water, including my Cardio Miracle. That's how That's I do right. it. That's it right. goes right in there. And I'm like just jumping through uh, all kinds of crazy things that I shouldn't be able to do at my age. Yeah, you'll, you'll actually get a third... Uh, nitric oxide that you won't get without mm-hmm. using hydrogen water. With it enhances it. Definitely. It's yeah. amazing. Really? Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. The do only have, way to get that third type of nitric oxide is hydrogen. Do you have one of those um, echo goes, um, Michael? Because you, know, you don't, don't have a big unit. It's a little portable. I unit. mean, I'm telling you a miracle every day, but hearing yeah. that you can get a third additional. Well, that's, that's a there, boost. Is there any like specials on the echo goes or anything going on? Yeah. There? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. So um, it's a basically a unit where you take purified water, clean water, put it in, and within a I don't know a couple of minutes you have yeah, hydrogen. Five, five, minutes, five minutes, you now have hydrogen. So then you could actually do that, and then put the Cardio Miracle in that. Oh, drink it. wow! Like a like a regular like portable bottle size. Yeah, like take the water out of the Echo Go. It's only ten ounces at a time, and the Echo okay. Go Plus, and the Echo Go Plus, but. Then you can pour it into whatever else and mix the Cardio Miracle in a bottle. Yeah. But, some but you want to start right. out with uh, with clean water. Do you need distilled or anything like that? Uh, you you need filtered water. Just, the okay. more filtered, the better. But Like reverse yeah. osmosis or something? Yeah, that would be great, but yeah. it doesn't have to be reverse osmosis, but that would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is there are people that are renting houses or whatever yeah. or apartments that can't install a big unit. Yeah. So that's made it possible to, for people to have the benefit of hydrogen without yeah. having to to do anything like for that. sure and sorry for all the questions having paul on no. when i'm on i'm like i'm like i'm gonna get as much info here <laughs> totally <I can. laughs> love it love it yes and, and miss you brother remember that oh my god i'm sending yeah. hugs 
I'm sending yeah. eggs to Chicago. Send them back. Send them back. <laughs> I'm trying to find like an LA area event because the one we were going to go to, I was going to go to the cancer control canceled at the last minute. So oh. I was going to see Michael and wow. them. But uh, I'm looking for what other else LA events we can have because uh, we need a reunion. You used to go to Natural Products Expo West back in the day too and yeah Anaheim. i haven't done that in many years that's a mo- yeah. monstrous thing it's I did huge get invited. i live very close to that now yeah i've been invited to some la expo i'm not sure what it is i haven't committed to it yet but um maybe i, I if the calendars open up for the new year so i can get down and see you as well cool uh, that would be lovely but for now you know we're health freedom expo focused and of course uh enjoying having you on for the uh you know the, the every other week when i when it works out right to oh, be here with i will not be show. around in two weeks it's my anniversary 20 years with sarah so although i love you very much it's not the same kind of love that i have for my <laughs> well, love with sarah Beth Rose. it's similar it's similar so don't get jealous no 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 no, no. <laughs> 20 year anniversary so paul's about to hit 30 years and i'm about to hit 30 years yes. uh, we've been married, got married i'm catching up before. i'm catching yeah. up yeah so those are big deals that's amazing and what's the secret to your success michael bolden Relationship. Oh, separate separate bathrooms. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've heard that a lot. Oh, I wow. mean, two bathrooms as many years as possible has been very helpful. And we wow. actually do separate banking accounts, which is fascinating. Most uh, couples that have been together, we're uh, we've always we know that a lot of our friends who have had difficulties in relationships, family members. A lot of times, it's over finances, and we both have our. Like it's not like a single income situation, and yeah. so we just keep it separate. We share a lot, but you know, it keeps it keeps like discussions. Uh, like, what are you spending money on that for, Michael, or vice That's, versa? We never have like, any of that. If I bring anything in, I like here, honey, <laughs> do with it as you will. And I know she does, and it's great. So that works for me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and we don't. Great. Not only do we not have a separate bathroom, we don't even have a separate sink. I've been wanting to have a second sink. You know, I'm like, that's reasonable, isn't it? Oh, man, we had uh, an apartment with we had an apartment a few years ago with two bathrooms, double sinks in each bathroom. And that made like it was might it might have been the best time of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I you know. I've got one bathroom, but this her sink and my sink are separate. Right, separate. It's like See, that's house. very helpful. It's very helpful. Yeah. So you know, you got your your thing and hers, and mm-hmm. we're territorial hers creatures. Yours is a bigger care, bigger counter area. Of for course, sure. it would be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. So I don't know. Somehow, I've had to overcome a lot of those obstacles, and we're still <laughs> together. So well, uh, that yeah. says a lot. I mean, uh, Sarah and I were using all these crutches to stay together. You guys are like legit then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. We put up a border wall between bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh my God. Separate entrances, right? (laughs) So, just on an aside note, um, uh, Jim Jordan was, he won the, I guess, the preliminary vote now that he's the candidate, Jim Jordan, uh, for House Speaker. Uh, Interesting, they didn't like Scalise, uh, apparently. I don't know that there's one perfect candidate. uh, Yeah, Scalise dropped out. Oh, yeah. did he? Okay. Yeah. he dropped out because he didn't think he could get he could get the 217 votes that he needed. Right. Okay, so they're Wait, they're scrambling. Yeah, you know it's I mean, funny because people have talked that about been that. Very entertaining, would it? I mean, if anything, I don't oh, yeah. really watch Washington D.C. at all because it makes me disgusted. If Trump got, <laughs> if Trump, Trump if Trump became Speaker of the House, I would stop watching Fox News. Yeah. I would, ju- I would just watch MSNBC, yeah. just, be, just, just for, just for the entertainment value <laughs> yeah. of what would happen. How many heads would explode <laughs> over there? 
Yeah, I don't think it's happening. Yeah. But that would have been very entertaining. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Ashley Grog, who does Open Vares or whatever the, the, the Vares project. She gave me this T-shirt as we were on the air. The virus, the real virus is the media. Hmm. And, of course, talking about those networks. And, yeah, there are some things on them that can be entertaining. But if you're <laughs> relying on them for actual information, that's not a good plan. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So much to, so much to process, right? Mm-hmm. So much to process. Yeah, you're right. Crazy world, yeah, crazy world. And guess what? We're living during this time. Yeah, we're here. We're here for it. I'm glad Michael Bolden is here for it with us because yeah. uh, he's been a a voice of not only sanity and silliness, which really can coexist and should coexist, yeah. uh, but uh, enjoying wonderful food together and finding reasons to celebrate in the midst of uh, a lot of things that, you know, make you go, really, really? <laughs> things that make you go, hmm. Mm. Yeah. What other sad things are we going to talk about today now that we got through the fun part? I thought I'd try to get rid of all the sad stuff earlier. What? But yeah. I mean, I opened it up and talked about it sad. initially. Are you saying sad cells? Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm just cynical, so it kind of fits for me. <laughs> <laughs> It's sad that I'm uh, not with my wife for the next few days, but I'm with Robert. Yes, we get to hang out. So that's the He's your weekend wife. (laughs) You know how like in all the old mob movies, you know, you'd have your Friday and your Saturday. Robert's your Friday, I think. Maybe your Saturday, too. Are we going to hit that farm to table we do every year? That's really good. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so I have, you know, on Friday, you know, I do my fast every Friday. And uh, I went this morning to the the health food store around the four miles away and they have an organic smoothie and juice bar. But I'm like, oh, man, why does it have to be Friday? But uh, it's fine. But it, but I got some some stuff just to carry, carry me through. But, you know, we always find those places that are really helpful to sustain, you know, the body. Right. And that's yeah. a big part of it. And I talked about that last hour with Super Don, how the prediction was that. Uh, at a certain point, not far from now, Americans will spend half their lives on pharmaceutical drugs, according to this prediction. And I yeah. thought, well, how, how close is it now? Is it one third? Is it more? And, and, and I realized a lot of it is because Big Pharma has gotten into all of our heads to say, you know what? You don't need to eat well. Just take this pill. And, <laughs> and people play into it. It's like, well, yeah, that's a lot easier than actually having to you know, take the time to care for what you put into your body. And so maybe there's an inherent laziness to the people of planet Earth that they would take a shortcut like that and think that they, you know, they'll always be fine. It doesn't matter. Right. And and, and I know that that in life we have choices to make all of the time and I don't judge or condemn people. That's not my point in saying it. But if we really want to be autonomous, it's harder to be that when we're on numerous medications and dependent upon them. We become dependent upon um, agencies, if you will, that are not interested in our health at all, but the profit <laughs> that they get or that they help others to get that own and control them. So it's another aspect of that word responsibility that some people loathe. We've been propagandized from birth to trust government. 
to trust mm-hmm. experts, to trust the agencies. And then if you add things like the Wholesome Meat Act of 1967, where we see as a result, it went from once they passed it in 67, I think at the time there was like 14,000 meat producers in the country. And then over a period of 20 to 30 years, it went down to like two or 3,000. We're just looking at kind of the big kind of corporate interests that partner with the agencies. I know you talk about regulatory capture all the time. And then the result is pretty predictable. We just always look to, you know, the the big powerful people to tell us what's right and wrong for ourselves instead of that self-responsibility. And it's not had awesome results. <laughs> yeah, why well, question what they say, you know? Mm-hmm. Just uh, pop some pills, ignore your body. Carrie's asking if we're in Chicago. Well, yeah. we're far enough. I keep saying it this way. We're in Tinley Park, far enough outside of Chicago that I showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we are, Carrie. So if you want to come by and see us at, in Tinley Park, uh, let's see. We get an announcement from our friend Lori in Form Choice, Iowa, is having a conference in Des Moines on October 28th. So that's coming up. I'm going to be at um, We the Patriots USA. No, which one am I going? Uh, Patriots United uh, Washington. Uh, is having an event on Saturday the 21st, I believe, which is next week, a week from tomorrow. And I'll be going up. I got to fly into Portland and go across the Columbia River into Washington for an event that day. So check out the upcoming events tab. We are now at the Health Freedom Expo. And this is like the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, Trinity uh, Health. TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. If you're anywhere within what they call spitting distance, come on down and see us. Don't spit on us, but come down and see us if you're close enough. The The earth is spitting. Yeah, the earth is spitting on us right now. It's going to be rain all weekend, so why be outside? Just kind of hang out inside with us Yeah, come and on. have a good time. You yeah. got a presentation this weekend, either of you guys? Yeah. Yeah, both of us. Both. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to moderate the Health Freedom Panel as I do every year. Uh, my friend Diane Miller as well is going to be here for that. And then Jeffrey Smith pulled a fast one on me. Our, our friend Jeffrey Smith, right? You met Jeffrey, right? Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. He was, at, uh, he was at my loft years ago. Yes. He called me. And he said, hey, you always moderate these panels. How about if I moderate one of them and you be on it? I'm oh. Like, like, okay. I'm like, actually, I was like, that's all right. I, I don't See, mind that that's what a professional is all about. Me, I would have been like, what? I don't have my notes ready. And you're just ready to roll with whatever. That's impressive. Well, it, the, 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 the one that he's doing is going to be Sunday. He's going to moderate will be on what we call alternative integrative medicine stuff. So I'll, I'll get to be the quote unquote expert that I don't like to be right just to be able to relate the things I know in natural medicine natural healing and and not moderate it so that'll be fun and Jeffrey is a he's an excellent moderator that guy you know there's not many I could say that about because I'm really persnickety and picky about how things are moderated so they're really good he can do it he can just slam it so that's going to be fun on Sunday you know I think the last time I saw Liam Chef was at Health Freedom Expo Long Beach years ago I think so yeah in person right yep other than on the show. But yeah, we've had a lot of great, great friends we've made, become family, memories that are just so profound in our lives that, you know, even though we lose them here, like Liam and others, the memories we have of, of you know, the good things that we got to do and spend to get time together. And it's also and the first place I met Jonathan Emord. That's right. I right? made so many connections through you at the Health Freedom oh, yeah, Expo. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. And I always, I always say this about Emor because Emord's an intimidating figure because of what he's been able to accomplish. And he's, you know, you could see he's very serious. He's got that energy of, 
you know, I, I, I don't like, uh, you know, violated violations of liberty, of individual liberty. Right. And then we found out how funny he is, how much yeah. he likes to crack jokes, yeah. and, you know, be, you know, directed over that. And that happened at one of the health freedom expos. We're like, that's Jonathan anymore. We didn't know that side of him. Right. So that, those are the fun things that happen at these events. Too. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I will say he's awesome. Yeah. He, he's a fighter, but he's a human too. And, and I, I just love him. He's amazing. Yeah. His wife is a sweetheart. Too. She is. A, yeah. She's a dynamo too. Yeah. But you know, when, when confronted with people's interpretation of like, well, you're only for the freedom if they agree with you. It's like, no, he's very libertarian right. in that context. It's like, no, I defend the right of people to dissent and to disagree with me. This is not about coming into agreement with everybody, but it's about defending that individual liberty. That's the bottom line. And if you think about the founder structure, if we're going to get into this kind of 10th amendment thing that I like to talk about, what? The founders recognized, the founders recognized, even at the time, the culture of the people in Massachusetts was significantly different than the people in Virginia. Yet people like Samuel Adams and Richard Henry Lee could be almost best friends because they recognized that even though they had different, maybe economic, religious, social viewpoints in their own areas, the idea was live and let live in your own area. That's the only way you can have a huge country with a wide range, again, of political, economic, social, religious viewpoints all together under one big defense umbrella, living together in peace. Otherwise, what you have is the European situation. You try to force one way or another over everybody, and then you end up with what we have today, which is really kind of a large, uh, you know, a low-grade civil war every couple of years of one side trying to take control of the entire system to control the other side. And that's another thing that Washington warned against in his farewell address, but we don't have to get it. That's another episode. No, I, I like what I've been able to do with this show more recently and, and having people with various beliefs and views to come on the show. And I'm not here to judge them. Obviously, if, if, as long as they're not calling for violence and violation of rights of others, and you know that's not someone I'd probably bring on anyway. <laughs> but the point is to show that we can have an, an engaging discussion mm -hmm. and, and not agree on everything and and be friendly, be friends. Yeah, that Naomi Wolf, Wolf convo you had was awesome. Yeah, and 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 to me, and I, and I asked my wife about this the other day too, because sometimes I'll point out after the interview while we're still on the air, it's like, hey, did you notice that we might not have been in agreement on these things, but we were okay. We didn't have to, you know, kill each other. Right. And it's like, I, I think that I'm patronizing people when I say that, but my wife and others have said, no, no, you really need to do that point out that because it's something that's seemingly so lost to our culture that we can't, yeah. you know, cancel culture, et cetera, whether it be from any direction that you just remind people, it's like you witness something that you can do too. That could be the norm as opposed to the, Oh, wait, wait, we disagree with them there. They have a different religious view or this view. We have to cancel them as opposed to appreciate them for who they are and why they believe and find out why they believe what they believe and go, wow, that's amazing. And I'm better for it too. Oh man, I can't even find myself agreeing with myself all the time. <laughs> like ultimately, if I had to agree with someone all the time to be their friends, I would be a very lonely person. And of course, I yeah. would also never learn benjamin franklin last day of the philadelphia convention this is a day we call constitution day today he gave this speech talking about hey we should sign on to get this thing to the states and he said you know there are some things that i don't like about this constitution he had talked about them earlier he didn't like the power of the executive branch for example he thought it would end in a monarchy it would keep increasing power but he's like you know what hmm, i might be wrong in the things that i'm opposed with and the only way we're going to learn 
by trying things out and maybe I'll learn from others as well. So unless you have that mentality, if you have this mentality that you're always right and you're only, you just want to shield yourself from opposing opinions, how can you ever find out if you're right or wrong? How can you ever advance yourself? That's not a very human approach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like I said, I've, I've been having fun with it and I hope you all enjoy it and, are, and appreciate it too. And uh, like I said, yesterday we had on uh, uh, Ishmael Perez, who, who we met at uh event did you meet ishmael the guy that with the cosmic guy he was really tall big buff guy at the las vegas i, I met him briefly yeah. yeah and and you know his perspective on things is going back into you know cosmic type of stuff it, you know and, and a lot of people are not familiar with that or even just would outright reject and say that's ridiculous it's science fiction but it was just it's fascinating to me all of these different viewpoints and experiences and i've certainly had it, been intrigued in my youth growing up reading these great stories about things and uh, you know, who's to say ultimately uh, in terms of right or wrong, but I, I'm I'm enriched by interacting with folks with various different views. That's just my experience. And I like that. Sometimes it just strengthens your own. Uh, sometimes you learn different ways that people attack your views. Sometimes you learn something new. I mean, there's there's always something to be gained from more conversation, more speech and less fighting. I love it. It yeah. just strengthens your own. You're like, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and there's more opportunity to be silly in the midst of all of that. So. Well, it, it, it is funny because um, he had some crazy, he had some crazy ideas. Yeah. That, that guy, like literally crazy. But he anyways. But who, you know, like did said, he ever tell you his, his actual position and what he was there and what he's what his no. he believes he is. So he believes he is the head of the cosmic organizations. Mm -hmm in the universe right that he is the head of all of them and he's a coordinator between all of them including this one and that that was his dude whole that's pitch. too much i can't do that right I and we live in a snow globe we live in a giant snow globe right, right? I'm, well i'm glad he's doing it because i don't want to do that now, but can you imagine nato but now we got to do every planet and oh. all of the kind of Oh, I feel you, like I've seen that movie already, though. Well, I, I think we haven't, and we would know that's even a farther complexity of people agreeing. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I just hope that they would be more spiritualized in their consciousness. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a lot to ask, but I would yeah. hope that anyway. But any, just seriously, I, I don't mind. I mean, there are people that have a belief systems that I can't conceive of, <laughs> and if they're loving people and they really, you yeah. know, care, I'm just like. You know, who am I to say who are they not hurting, working right? right? Who are they hurting? Exactly. Yeah, they're, not, they're not forcing people to, you know. And I think that's the litmus, the bottom line. You know, it's it, it's one thing to have different beliefs. It's another to say my beliefs mean I can harm you, kill you, hurt you, steal from you. You know, that's the th the basic concept, golden rule, uh, you know, Richard Mayberry's two laws, that kind of thing. Coming back to that. And and I don't know, we, we lose track of that often with. Uh, what are the two laws, Richard Mayberry? That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um, do all you have agreed to do, which is uh -huh. the basis of contract law. Yeah. And do, do not encroach on other persons or their property. And that, awesome. you know, basically, you know, tort or basically criminal acts, acts. And it's, you know, it's obviously a libertarian philosophy and principle. It's like, you know, let, allow people to live as long as they don't violate your rights to, to do the same. Sounds like uh, a human principle to me. Right. And Whatever I, I label that. you want to give it. I mean, that's being a good person and treating others well. Yeah. Hey, can we do, fit in the a question of the day before we wrap up? And, and, and Michael Bolden can help, too, as well as Paul Bertero, since we're here. Super Don, can you show us, everybody, the question of the day? And I think everybody will have something to say. This is from Sarah. 
Hi, Robert. I recently attended the Healing Strong Conference in Houston. What a blessing. I'm a group leader in the United Kingdom. My friend spoke to you just as we were all leaving. I have lymphedema in my leg caused by cancer in lymph nodes in the groin. Do you know if there's anything I can do to improve lymph drainage when the problem is blocked lymph nodes due to cancer? Many thanks. Well, cancer didn't cause your blocked lymph nodes, Sarah. It's a part of the drainage canal of the body trying to you know, deal with uh, you know, ongoing toxicological burdens and other things. And yes, uh, the key focus for me is liver health, kidney health, all of those things. And we can do that homeopathically, herbally. Um, uh, I imagine, Paul, um, not only hydration, but hydrogen may play a role as well in detox pathways yeah. and support. 100%. Hydrogen will assist in detoxification because it lowers inflammation systemically so that your liver, kidney, their pancreatic system can actually function appropriately mm -hmm. and work. The muscle fibers can move because they're not inflamed. And <clears throat> in general, um, hydrogen is anti-cancer. So it will also help, with, right. help yeah. with cancer. But there's 117 studies and it will assist with apoptosis. Apoptosis is when cells destroy themselves. So having these cancer cells destroy themselves uh, will a good be a, strategy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also remember movement. The lymph doesn't have its own pump like the yeah. heart. Right. Yeah. So walking. And, and this is where Michael Bolden comes into play because he's been dealing with the back yeah. issue real quick. Remember those vibrating plates yeah. you see? Yeah. Do those things? I think they have legitimacy in terms of moving the lymph. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it's um, the way they work. These are called whole body vibration. Um, mm -hmm. I like the ones where the whole platform goes up and down versus the, the teeter side totter. Side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what they're doing is reproducing gravity around you, just like working out, mm -hmm. right? If you put more weight, you're increasing gravity on your muscle. So you can build weight or build muscle. <clears throat> when it comes to the whole body vibration, you're effectively doing the same thing. You're reproducing gravity and the pressure that's the downward pressure on you is more so you are exercising but the vibration aspect is shaking you yeah. so it's it's gonna it's gonna help move some lymph how about you michael with gravity and your low back i know you walk and, uh, and bike and and how is the any updates on on your recovery i'm doing pretty awesome very good well that's the fastest update i've ever on the, no, I'm, I'm on month here. i'm on month seven of recovery and yeah. I'm starting, I have to be very cautious with everything, but I'm much more functional these days. Very good. Well, and, and like I said, movement is everything. And if you can't move on land, people have done it in water where you're, you're cushioned a little bit by the water, but yeah. having some up and down movement to allow the lymph to drain. And that's, you know, to the question of the day there. Uh, yeah, there's also lymphologists that exist. We've met some over the years that do lymphatic massage <laughs> to help promote that movement. I think, and I understand why the excuse me, the allopathic doctors want to remove lymph nodes because they're morons, uh, as opposed to realizing what the lymph nodes are for in terms of the drainage canal and encourage the movement on out of the body. Lymph nodes aren't the cause of cancer, but they can be constricted, and that could you know result in a, 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 let's say less detox pathways being fully functional. Hi, how are you? Just finishing up the show here. Registration's here, and uh, yeah, they'll be hooking you up in a moment. Okay, so, so anyways, we're wrapping up the show here on lymphatic questions. Uh, if anybody uh, wants to, I think there's Steve always has some good suggestions there as well. Um, the TARS office used the vibrating plate as part of the cancer treatment as well. Um, yeah, but you want to move it on out. You don't want to remove the uh, actual drainage canals of the body. I mean, that's just absurd. But I, I know why they do it, because they don't look at the body as a whole. They think, oh, that's the problem. Remove it. And then end up with more lymph lymphedema, if you will. 
Imagine uh, if you treated a car that way. It's just remove the parts that don't work. Yeah, and don't put anything back. Don't put anything back. <laughs> don't put anything wow. back. Do what That's that an was. awesome analogy. It really is. I hadn't heard that one in that regard. That's pretty yeah, cool. Your transmission is broken. We're just going to rip it out. Yeah. Can you put another one in? No. Yeah, transmission's no good. Wow. <laughs> You'd be like the Flintstones at that point. You'd be like, yeah. you, you can, if you're downhill, you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have a bad transmission anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. all gone. <laughs> hey, Super Don, open up the mic. Tell me where we're at, what we're doing, and uh, how we're wrapping up today. He's watching the MSNBC. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was making a sandwich. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> man. That sounds um, amazing. A sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're we're at the end of the show here, so we can just wrap it up and go into bonus time. You have time for bonus time? I do. Right, we can do a little bit of bonus. What about you, Michael? I got like 10 minutes. All right. So let's, let's wrap up. And, Paul, you want to hang out for another 10? Sure. All right. I, I couldn't miss this. Yay. The power to heal on all levels with Michael Bolden and Paul Baratero is yours. The B Brothers. Hey, we're back. And there's Michael Bolden. So you got to tell Sarah Beth we love her and appreciate her. And for hanging out with you for 20 years, it's like she needs a medal at least. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's so, already earned her medal. All right. She's well, we are here. I don't know how this is going to sound to the rest of the world. Super Don has to tell me because it said my, my focus right Scarlet, I think, is is having problems. So we went through the built in microphone and uh, you might have heard some ambient more than normal. Uh, hopefully, it, it, Super D, tell me, is it going to work? Is I think show? it's going to be fine. Yeah, you sound good. I like the background it's, sound at events. Yeah, you don't have the same velvety tones that you have <laughs> when you're using the other microphone. But yeah, uh, I you know, it's all good. Super Don produced uh, this week the uh, new intro for the uh, homeopathic hits, and it was a Casey Kasem kind of AI knockoff. knockoff. And, and I mentioned, I wonder if the estate for Casey Kasem will try to sue us for that. So you redid it. Michael Bolden, should we be concerned about Casey Kasem's estate coming after us for the, using his voice? as a That's an Emord question. Not a question. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it is, but it isn't his voice. It, you, you wouldn't know the difference. I mean, it would be like if somebody was doing an impression yeah. of Casey Kasem, you know? I just don't so. know what the legal implications or ramifications are, if you will. So, oh. what, was really the, uh, what was the homeopathic hit from yesterday where you are talking about anxiety? And I didn't, I guess I could go back, but I'm like, man, this is something that I really need to pay attention to a little closer. But I missed, I missed the item that you guys... The, I missed oh, the remedy that you recommended. What was yesterday? Yesterday was... Or was it two days ago? No, we did one yesterday. It was... Um, hold on. It was causticum. Oh, causticum. Yeah, that's a, yes. it's, uh, it does deal with anxiety, but I think of it more often for cancer and, and, and warts and different things. Come in here and lean your head in. Look who's here. It's Morley Robbins. <laughs> Greetings. Hey, hey, hey. Super Don and Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. Super Don. Hey, Michael. And, of course, How are you? Michael Bolden's I'm getting good. help because he's taking copper. Is he really? Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Three times a day lately. Yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. So another reason to come to the Health Freedom Expo to hear and meet Morley. And you have a booth here. I have a booth. Yeah, so you can check. Oh, look, what, what got else? some sovereign copper there as well. There we go. So, anyway, I just wanted to say hi, and we're going to get Morley back on soon. Yeah, because uh, he's he's the man. We appreciate him. Absolutely. 
moving from magnesium to copper. Man. Magnesium to copper, man. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we can flex with you. That's right. Good to see you, my brother. So anyway, so uh, yeah, yesterday Causticum. So that's the thing about these homeopathic hits. They're fascinating to me because you got to pick one or two, maybe three things or it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm hoping that it stimulates people to go, oh, that's an option. Oh, I can do that. And then they'll open the book and they'll learn a lot of other things. But uh, I never knew of a way in and Super Don really, he championed it along with all of y'all out there that were clamoring to do that. So that's been a nice addition to the show, I think. Yeah, I love it. People dig it. Hmm. People dig it. You're going to have to do a cooking uh <laughs> A cooking show now. <laughs> just uh, like just the recipe, segment. the recipe of the day. The recipe of the day. Well, we like are a smoothie about, of the day. Uh, you, you'd have to do your best uh, uh, impression of uh, what was the lady that used to have the cooking show? Rachel years Ray. Ago? No, 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 no. Before that, <laughs> Julia Child. Julia Child. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Hello, Julia Child. Oh, today we're going to make. There's a really cool TV show on HBO. Yes about julia child There's a whole <laughs> is it a movie or a series it's a series oh wow okay i hadn't seen that yeah i have to watch it tonight yeah, yeah. can we do that <laughs> cooking <laughs> with robert oh so. no that'd be a disaster we I get mean, leon love, we could get leona werner gray back on the show to do that. oh i love her oh leona would be great yes yeah but have even you seen your her garden, your gardening updates have always been awesome too that's true they've been fun yes we had, uh, you know, the raspberries were still kicking into gear. I think it went down to the 30s last night where we are. Yeah. Uh, I but was it didn't hard freeze. Didn't you didn't know. But it wasn't a hard freeze. So we st- may still have things. But we're moving things into the Did greenhouse. No, I didn't before. But, but most of everything we'd harvested already. Yeah, yeah. And the carrots are fine right through the snowy winter. So. I told Jacqueline to cover the herbs and they'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So anyway, yeah, garden updates. I love to do that. I love to spend time out there. So. Now we're in the. It's going to be seventy-five when we get back. Yeah. Oh, good. So we're not done with kind of mild temperatures at this point. That's good. No, it was just a freakish uh, cold cold front that came through. Came through the Rocky Mountains and then over to us. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I know it was down to like seventy-two here the other day. It's horrible. Yeah. I don't know how you live there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be seventy-five on Monday. So nanny nanny. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Did I tell you I found. Uh, I've been wanting ever since we got out here to do mountain biking. We got aluminum bikes, but they're actually heavy compared to what are now carbon fiber bikes. But I've been looking at carbon fibers, and they're like the price of a car. Right. Right. So I finally found one on Facebook Marketplace for like twenty five percent of what you would normally pay for it, and I like jamming. And I got on it, and it's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing, and it's a specialized like the ones we have, but a carbon. And when I tell people how much I got it for, they're like. But you get those deals all the time. Well, but I would like your help because yeah. I would like to get a carbon fiber for 25%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The, yeah. So anyway, and, and Michael. Does it have duct tape on it? No duct tape. Not the one I, <laughs> not the one I got. But no, no. It's like unbelievable. So, this isn't yeah. a focus right. Yeah, right. Not a focus right. That thing's crapping out on me. So I asked Joni Abbott, who's going to be here. Maybe she can bring a USB microphone I can borrow over the weekend here. <laughs> Because I still want to do some more interviews and get a. Wait, Sunday are you not running your mic into your road? Uh, well, I, I am at at the home office. So oh, you're not taking that yeah. with you then? Okay. I, yeah, I did. It's big, but I could still do it. But I thought, hey, you know what? I've got the focus, right? Why not? And now I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but you can get you can get microphones. Oh yeah. Anywhere around here that'll plug directly into here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably what I'll do if, if Joni can't get that. But anyway, we'll be all right. We'll get through it. We'll get through it all. So, um, 
Michael, are there any events coming up in your area that I could attend? Or no, you don't do events anymore. No? All right. We're going to get food tonight. That's an event. Yay. We're going to go to a farm and take <laughs> um, What about the 20th anniversary with Mary, uh, Sarah Beth? Uh, uh, are you going anywhere, doing anything special? or is it going to be I am not at liberty to say. You can't say? Well, not. No, not before. Is that because you'll embarrass me? No. Dude, just, stop. What are you doing to this guy? What? I just want to know. Tonight we're going to a place called Active Cultural Cafe. Everything is a kind of a probiotic-based natural foods cafe, cool. all locally sourced. So that should be fun in Laguna a lot of, Beach. A lot of gas is being passed there, or how's it going? <laughs> well, we're, I hopefully. Let's have it clear it all get out. Get your daily uh, intake of sulfur. Yeah. Yeah. Gastro <laughs> pub emphasis on gas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't have a gastro pub without gas. <laughs> Smells like rotten eggs in here. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, Bolden, you'll be interested in this. Um, a friend of Jeffrey Smith's who helps him with his web stuff uh, offered to help, uh, and very reasonably, uh, to migrate our website off of GoDaddy or whatever oh, that good. is into a different one and ha and get it to be an SSL, I guess, as well. So Well, you could have you could have SSL at GoDaddy. It's just that oh, GoDaddy yeah. is not really. They jack you around with all They the charge stuff. you for it. Everything. Well, yeah, I mean, if you go to, you know, I use, I use a company called WP Engine and they yeah. do, do give you free okay. uh, SSL certificates. They're not as good yeah. as the paid ones, but yeah, that's yeah. would be an improvement. But evidently he's migrating it as we speak to this other site and we haven't had Officially, any downtime, knock on my head. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. There's good things happening to make it Excellent. better. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I, never w, thought I use, we use WP Engine as well. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, I've been there, I mean, since maybe the first year they started. And they're literally one of the biggest WordPress hosts. They're a managed host, so they it's a little bit, it's a little bit better quality service. They're, cool. Everything is tuned for your type of a website. Very good. How's it going? Good to see you. All right. Good to see you as well. Come, come get on camera. Say this hello. Is, this Everybody, is you can introduce. Come on, introduce Mike. This Sneak is in there. There Mike you are. Mike Zanardelli. Hey, how are you? He's Another here. Italian? There's Italians everywhere. Another Italian. That's right. Nice. Together, man. <laughs> Italians of the world unite. So that's Mike's right. helping out Paul. Yeah, that's right. He's if I could find out. an organic cannoli somewhere on <laughs> earth, I could complete my life. Well, we might have okay. to go to Italy. For we have that. to go to yeah. Italy, for, I think, for that. Yeah. yeah, and they don't call it organic because it's just normal. Yeah, because it's just like it's just a cannoli. Right. right. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure it may exist somewhere. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find I have it. never found one. I have been on a search, and so sometimes yeah. I just allow uh, myself, anyways. We should make one, dude. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Let's call Leanna Warner Gray. She'll make an organic cannoli for us. Oh, yeah. Figure <laughs> it out. At my house. Tell her, come to my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, I was just talking to her the other day. And she's she going like, to come visit? Yeah, she's going to come. I said, we need to go to do another tour. We got to go down to the salt mine again. Yeah. You didn't go, go the last no, time. It's I amazing. Yeah. And then she, I told her, you can always snowboard. It's going to be a really good snow That's right. year. It's already like, snow up in yeah, the mountains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, here we are talking about planning our winter events and trips and fun things. And, uh, and cannolis. Yes. And cannolis. Good to see you. Yes, and, uh, and and once again, happy 20th to be. In a couple of weeks from now, we'll miss you on the show. Although, is there another day I can coerce you into joining us? I don't know, but uh, anyway. Yeah, the two weeks afterwards, I'll be back. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't complain because it was once in a blue moon the years before. 
Yeah. So I should yeah. be grateful for whenever you could show up. Oh, I, even so. when I'm not on the show, I'm mm -hmm. still on the show from my heart. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hello. Come on over here and say hi to everybody. Yeah, just lean in like yeah, over here. Here is the amazing lady herself. Hello. There's Super Don. There's Michael Bolden. Remember, do you ever meet Julie when you were at the Long Beach Health Freedom Expo? Oh, maybe, maybe, but this yeah. is really a long time ago now. Long time yes. ago, yes. Yes, come, our, come and check us out. Our LA family. But yeah. um, Julie is amazing. And you guys, if you've ever been to a Health Freedom Expo, you know what we're talking about. And yeah. uh, I ha hate to have you wait till February for the virtual expo, but if you can't make it, that's the option. Mm -hmm. And we'll let you know about that, of course. But yes. we're going to have a blast here this weekend. So come My on. most yeah. memorable health freedom events were always the, the, the Long Beach Expos. Oh, we had some great times there indeed. So, all right. Well, Michael Bolden, thank you for hanging out today with Love me. Love you guys. Considering my microphone difficulties and... Uh, Anyway, we made it through. Super Don, You're thank you. You're a professional. You can do this, whatever the situation. Hey, and, and congrats on the 20 years. Yeah, you'll, thank you'll you never very catch much. Up with us, but congratulations. <laughs> that is all love right there, right? What's that? Collapse space and time because the Tenth Amendment Center can do that. That's right. Yeah. Well, the Tenth Amendment Center is amazing because mm -hmm. Michael's amazing. All right. Oh. And that is that plug. I, uh, now I don't want to leave. I don't well, care if I've got a schedule. TenthAmendmentCenter.com. Y'all become, like I said, there's not a lot of things that I would be members in, much yeah. less that would yeah. accept me as a member. But that one I'm most proud of. And again, I'm not a prideful guy, but I love uh, what Michael Bolden has done. He's impacted so many lives beyond. It's amazing. So thank you, yeah. Michael Bolden. Wish yeah. I was there with you guys. Yeah. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Always is, always is. So uh, with that, I'll, I'll try to get a microphone that works and record something for Sunday Conversations and, and other things over the weekend. So y'all come on back and please say thanks to all of those sponsors that make this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible, including, you go to Echo Technologies now, the banners, the links, they're connected. Super Don made sure so you guys can get the special discounts and support. We we have an incredible special going right now mm -hmm. on the Echo RO, the reverse osmosis and the server. Or is, the it, is it underneath the sink? Yeah, they're both underneath. It's an RO and okay. a server for $19.95. That's $1,000 off. Dude, all right. If you've been thinking about RO at your sink underneath it, uh, take take a grand and the off. And hydrogen server. And the hydrogen server. Both together in $19.95. Dude, there you go. Hydrogen happening. Thank you, my brother. That's, right. That's awesome. Yeah. So take advantage of that. Click the link. If you have any questions, reach out and call them, and they'll, uh, they'll help you out here. All right. So, Michael Bolden, take us out. The power to heal is. Someone's Somebody say it. Somebody say it. It's like Mad Libs. The power to heal is unequivocally. <laughs>